You got me mad now. You know, you got a bicycle. Feeling good. Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. We ride the bicycle in this arena. With my man, man, Pots and Pants, Nick Bacone. That's me. I don't know where the kid is that was riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Tomorrow, I'll you can kick your face off. I'm down with that. Get the But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Don't you dare be He don't know nothing else. <laughs> hey, you know that wrestling, right, you know that wrestling boy. <laughs> Give me a hell yeah. I said give me a hell yeah. Say hello to Razor Ramon. Look at the gold. I'm going to the top. All I want is what I got coming. The world, chico. Everything in You need lessons in machismo. Hey, yo. You people, you know who I am. But you don't know why I'm here. We are taking over. So are all you people here in Lakeland to see WCW? Or are all you people here in Lakeland to see them? One more for the good guy. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. What is up, ladies and gentlemen, out there in internet land, and welcome to episode 320 of The Straight Shooters, available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined, as always, by my main man, Pots and Pans, Nick Bacone of Philly Influencer and Fox Sports The Gambler. And we begin our episode 320 on a somber note, because as you heard, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the passing of wrestling legend Scott Hall who passed away at the age of 63 after complications due to a surgery uh, that caused him to have all sorts of issues and, and of course, led to his untimely passing. But, uh, man, there's so much just to be said about Scott Hall or Razor Ramon or you know whatever you want to call him. I don't know where, honestly, to begin, Nick. I don't, yeah. you know, there's so much that can be said about him. And there's so much that has been said over the last couple of days, um, you know, when news broke that he was on life support and then he's going to be taken off of life support. And then, of course, when he ultimately passed on, it's just I'm looking at all the tributes and all the, the, the pieces written about him. And it's just it's just wild, man. 
really uh, as many since we've been doing this podcast, uh, a lot of uh, wrestlers we grew up watching, you know, have passed away, and uh, they all hit differently in different ways. And, and you know, you remember the great moments, like when when you're watching them on TV, when your innocence was gone as a kid. You know, I'm just my biggest worry as a kid was getting my homework done on time so I didn't get in trouble and uh, making sure I watched wrestling every weekend. And Scott Hall was a huge part of that as Razor Ramon in the WWF. When I he first came in in 92, it was the first time I saw him. And then growing up, uh, watching more wrestling, the, the more, like, the advent of the internet, being able to know, like, hey, Hall, Scott Hall was wrestling long before he came to WWF and kind of learning, you know, about his career in the AWA and then WCW before that, you know, it, it's crazy that now I, I'm happy that he lived long enough to tell his story. Um, a lot of a lot of wrestlers don't have that chance, and uh, Hall's obviously had you know alcohol issues through the years that he overcame, and we he got to see the other side. You know, we got to see the other side. Thankfully, not long enough, but uh, we did, and. Just like you said, a lot of these tributes are coming in, and uh, we're we're watching it at all, we're reading it all, and it's just like one of those things where you're like, damn, like he, you know, we just we're diving deep into WrestleMania 18 right now, and I was watching it, you know, preparing for this podcast. Not even I think what the news broke Saturday morning, Sunday morning. I I don't yeah something remember. like that yeah and it was Sunday because you know, definitely after I had. Uh, watched the show like that we're going to deep dive into yeah. diving into WrestleMania 18, which features Scott Hall right. against Steve Austin, obviously. Uh, and yeah, after that is when I remember hearing about it. And and it's funny because I'm I'm watching it thinking, well, I'm surprised. I'm still surprised. You know, they didn't do Austin Hogan, but Austin actually, Hall. hold on. I think it was Saturday. Actually, I remember finishing the Saturday. I'm just one of okay. the. So maybe it was Saturday. Maybe Saturday or Sunday. My bad. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. But go ahead. No, no, I'm, like. It's funny looking back, like you thought Austin Hall was, uh, you know, not a great big match for WrestleMania compared to Austin Hogan. Uh, but, you know, maybe they thought the year in advance in 2003 they would do Austin Hogan. But the fact that Hall, Nash, and Hogan were back in the WWF in 2002, the beginning of 2002 as well, you know, you kind of almost forget about that in a way uh, because Scott Hall was so like instrumental in so many things that we've seen through the years obviously guaranteed contracts uh getting all the accolades for uh the sting character that we've come to know now that was his idea uh so many things that we probably still don't know you know like that he gave to the wrestling business and like, we didn't know that he did the one two three kid match one two three kid match pretty much multiple times in multiple places with other people and including one of them being hiroshi tanahashi which i did not know that yeah i did not know that either that's yeah, he did pretty much the same incredible. thing for somebody else like to do it once is on television and the biggest promotion in the world is one thing especially when you're doing it for your homie like don't forget that but to do it for a stranger in japan not televised, at least here in the United States, for somebody you kind of know, like he just kind of took a liking to Tanahashi. And then, so you don't, you didn't travel up and down the roads with him like you did with Waltman. Right. So to do it for him, it's like, all right, you know, he, he, that's pretty dope, actually. 
Yeah, and f- strictly in the wrestling business, it's like he there's no stories out there of like him wanting the world title and demanding a world title run. And I've heard people call him the best wrestler that never held the world title. And I'd be hard pressed not to agree. I mean, who else could you think of Roddy Piper maybe, but uh, you know, those two are probably right at the top uh, best wrestlers to never hold a world title. So uh, Scott Hall was, uh, you know, he was Razor Ramon when I first saw him and I was just, I remember like, you know, hating his character because, you know, he was too cool and Joe cool and all this. And I'm like, man, screw that guy, all that gold and whatnot. But he made it work, man. He made he made me hate him and then he made me love him. So, uh, you know, you heard just that, you know, we're never going to have enough time to talk about Scott Hall as a fitting tribute. But just that intro, you know, a, a minute and a half, just how he really came across as a character since I started watching wrestling uh, just made some of the biggest impacts like as like Razor Ramon I was like well whatever like but he was put right into a main event tag match with Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect and Randy Savage just the first like month or two that he was in WWF like it's just incredible to think about that uh, he was right in a world title match with Bret Hart uh a month or two later, the Royal Rumble, January '93, and that was just the beginning of his WWF career. Who knows what would have happened if he stayed in the WWF in '96? But you know, the fact that he left to go to WCW is still felt throughout the industry today. Uh, and I don't think there's very many people that we would be able to say that about uh, in, in the industry. So it's kind of like it, like. You know, I was incredibly, you know, it was a surgery, a complication from hip replacement surgery. And that's why, you know, a few weeks, a few months ago when I had my hernia surgery, I was nervous. Like, you just never know. And it, this, yeah. it's like tragic. Every uh, time it, you go under the knife, it's a serious thing. Yeah. Like. It, dude, they, they put me, they put me on a ventilator when I was, you know, under, I didn't even realize they were going to do that. Like, I don't know how it works. Uh, my last surgery was, uh, you know, I was a kid and now I'm an adult. I don't know how surgeries work uh, if they're different for kids versus adults. Like, I, I don't know that. So it was very, uh, you know, scary for me and I'm thankful, you know, like after my recovery, I was, I was able to, well, I was able to recover, but it's still a scary situation. And just like, you know, I heard that, you know, he was on life support and he was taken off. And then I think Dave Meltzer tweeted that as if he was taken off at like at four or five hours ago and he's still, you know, alive. And I was like, oh, maybe he like he can pull through and everything. And then uh, it, it was everyone uh, kind of confirming when WWE uh, put the, you know, in memory of Scott Hall before Monday Night Raw started. And that was like the confirmation because we were still waiting, you know, I guess to hear if he was going to pull through um, yeah. or what. And uh, that was the confirmation. And I was like, God, I hope they're wrong. <laughs> like, uh, I would rather them be wrong and lose all credibility, honestly. But, uh, you know, then we quickly, I think Shaw Waltman tweeted that he was gone a minute or two later. And it's like then you think back to all the wrestling I've watched the years since I was a kid and how much 
Scott Hall was a part of it without me ever really realizing it. And I think that happened for a lot of people, you know, uh, he hasn't been around like on TV. So I guess you kind of forget about him. You just watch his old stuff and you just forget how great he was inside and outside the ring uh, in terms of a creative wrestling mind and trying to get help get others over. And obviously you were seeing wrestlers tweet out their Scott Hall stories that, we would have never known had, you know, they not said anything. So uh, he's one of, he was one of those uh, wrestlers and people that will be remembered throughout the wrestling industry forever. Yeah. it's When I think of Scott Hall, obviously we were, we're around the same age. So the first time I saw him was also as Razor Ramon. But, like, he represented that era as much as anybody, like, outside of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. The next person I think about in that era is probably Razor Ramon and Yokozuna. Mm. Like, he's that new generation. I guess you could throw Diesel in there, too. But, you know, he's a part of that. When you talk about that era of wrestling, yeah. like, 91, 92 to, like, 95, you can't mention that time without mentioning Razor Ramon. He had the best vignettes. He had the coolest entrance. <laughs> He had the coolest music. Yeah, like people music, yeah. Don't sleep on Razor Ramon's theme music. Jim, that's another Jim Johnson classic. Uh, it was so nice that even Wale did a freestyle over it back in, like, I think 2015 or something like that. <laughs> but he had the swag. He had the look. He felt like somebody, he, like, he's, he's, he's a white guy playing a Cuban. But he kind of, he, he pulled it off somehow. Like, people believed it. He did. I like, even saw... You know, Cuban's tweet about uh, once we realized Scott Hall was like appropriating us, we didn't care because he was so cool. Like, you know, that was the effect he had on them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just and you see that picture that's been on the internet of him like hang, just hanging out in the hood with a bunch <laughs> of kids, and it's like, yeah, that, that that feels that feels about right. So he just felt he felt like you know he's authentic somehow even though he wasn't technically right. you know right. he's yeah. white guy playing a cuban um and not, how, how many wrestlers come across that way where like you're just watching right. them on tv in that era and you're like instantly uh gravitate towards them you know right i hated razor like obviously when he was a heel but i watched everything Look. that he was like he would i would hear the music and then i would stop whatever i was doing if i was doing something else and you know, turn to the TV just to see his matches because, like, he would kill it with the fall-away slam and the the belly-to-back suplex off the rope, the top yeah. rope, and then the Razor's Edge. It just looks so damn cool, and he looks badass. so damn cool doing it. <laughs> yeah, Razor's Edge was a badass move, but the Hood loved Razor Ramon. Let me just confirm <laughs> that right now. The Hood was going crazy over Razor Ramon. Um, and obviously, we all know, you know, it, the impact of this, character and eventually became scott hall like if there's one wrestler that i would cosplay probably like or like wear some like like i would wear the razor ramon vest <laughs> like i would cosplay razor ramon if there's one guy i would cosplay or there's one guy that i would like pretend to be if i'm making an entrance it'd be razor ramon it'd be scott hall probably with the whole hands out and the way he kind of sways back and forth and the toothpick thing i've always thought that was hilarious <laughs> like, yeah. like that was great but Obviously, we all know the legend of and, and the name of is Ramon or Scott Hall, but the person Scott Hall has always been kind of fascinating to me because 
on one end, was he perfect? No. He had, you know, severe addiction issues that he dealt with throughout his adult life. Uh, that's probably brought up. I'm sure that was brought about by past trauma, which is I, I had to mention uh, Mike Johnson's piece from PW Insider talking about like, hey, he, he, you know, the trauma he dealt with stuck with him his whole life, pretty much that, you know, when he was a kid and, he, and I think he was on his own pretty young. And then, of course, he had the incident where um, he had to kill somebody in self-defense. There's him or him or the other guy. Somebody's going to go. And then that night, it was that other guy. Scott Hall lived to tell the tale. But that's traumatic, though. Even though it's like, oh, yeah, right. you, should, you know, you thought I got messed up. You should have saw the other guy type of thing. Like, it's badass. No, but also, see the other guy life in in front of you. That and you, you, It wasn't like your intention. You know, you didn't go out that night hoping that would happen. Is that an accident? Or it's just like you said, like I said, it's you or him. That has to be traumatic. And... Does it excuse, uh, you know, maybe Scott Hall rubbing people the wrong way backstage or his addiction issues? Not necessarily, but he was a flawed person, just like everybody is. But on the other end, it just, especially in the last couple of days, you just hear about all these stories and anecdotes of Scott Hall just being a good dude, right? Like, just being there for people. Like I said, he was on, remember that thing he did on Jerry Springer with the kids who had, um, I think they had HIV, was it? And he gave them the intercontinental title, and he's hanging out with them as Razor Ramon. I, you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think it was something. It was something messed. Up. I forget remember exactly what what's up with those kids, you know. But how nice of him to do that, you know, on, on Jerry Springer, or you know, all the stuff he would do behind the scenes, apparently. Which, you know, like for instance, he took that picture, and I think Matt Cardona talked about this on Twitter takes a picture with uh, young Matt Cardona in Intercontinental Championship back in the day. Matt Cardona, as Zack Ryder, obviously, wins the, the IC title at WrestleMania back in 2016. He finds Scott. First thing Scott does is, you know, takes the belt, you know, takes a picture with the belt. It's now he's taking a picture with Matt Cardona's IC title. And then Scott is, like, talking to him. He's like, yeah, man, you should have saw the whole crowd behind you going, woo, 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 it was dope. And that's just that's just cool, and like we talked about, like the one, two, three kids match, and how he's done it multiple times, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with other people, or just him just giving people advice, or, or like 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 you mentioned, he's the one that came up with the crow gimmick for Sting, and there's something else too that he was like kind of the reason why it happened, like he was the the the, the, the brains behind it, and it wouldn't have happened without him. I can't remember what it is, what it is off the top of my head, but. He was he was a great mind for the business who just didn't care about losing. He didn't take the business too serious. We never we know that to be the case, right? Because he's all about really yeah. just making money, which is also a good thing. <laughs> like <laughs> he paved the way for homies to get paid guaranteed money. Him and Nash, mm-hmm. and he's all about the cash. I'm not mad at anybody being about the money. <laughs> all right, especially in wrestling, where all you do is get your body beat up every day. Yep. And that's probably where it was coming from. It was coming from a good place where, as on the outside, it, I look, I remember growing up and, and learning about this on the internet, whatever. I was like, man, they're like so selfish. They ruined WCW. And then, but like you grow up and you understand more right. about that's the, the world. You hear and from that the was rich, not rich folks who don't want to pay yeah, people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you, you, you understand that maybe not in the moment they, they were like, they, obviously, they, 
Hall cared about himself and uh, Kevin Nash cared about himself. But maybe deep down they were like, maybe we can change this business for the better uh, for the people that come after it. Let's start now. And uh, whether they did it knowingly in 1996 or not, they did. So I, I don't care if it's like an accident that it happened. It happened because of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. And if they didn't have the, the gumption to do that, wrestling well, probably still wouldn't have guaranteed contracts right. in 2022, which so, is crazy to think about. It's crazy to think about, but he he's part of the reason why that happened. I, I just always kind of wonder, it felt like despite his flaws of addiction and maybe he rubbed some people the wrong way, whatever. Mm-hmm. He seemed like underneath all of that, he just seemed like a good guy, just wanted to kind of be nice to people and just do his thing, make some money. Yeah, and get rich. Like how to... He even said one time when he was talking about negotiating with, I think it was with Vince, about you know get money before he left to, to go to WCW. He said, "I don't want all the money. I just want a lot of it." <laughs> Which is like that's like normal. That's like most normal people. It's like I don't want all the money. I just want a lot of money. I just want to, you know, get what I feel like I'm worth. And he was like, "Oh, I'm going to do that in WCW because uh, you know he deserved it." And in a in a time where it looked like, yeah, like they were in a war still before Scott Hall and Kevin Nash even went to WCW. But, I mean, WWF still had, like, the cool characters. You know, they had Shawn Michaels coming up that was about to be world champion. And Bret Hart. I, you know, like, Undertaker. Uh, they they were at WrestleMania 12 felt like a big deal, like a, a really big deal. Maybe the biggest WrestleMania it felt like since I had been a fan. Maybe since WrestleMania 8, uh, it was... They were on the upswing, it really seemed like, uh, in terms... Well, I mean, I can't say as a fan, but, like, I was into it. And they were like, you know what? We don't need to be part of it. Let's go. And they did it. Like, it took guts right. to do that. Right. But At that, and they weren't... You know, Diesel was a world champion, but Razor wasn't. And clearly, that didn't seem to be a, a deal breaker for him. Right. I, I just, like I said... Underneath all of the everything, the politic and whatever else, it seemed like it was a genuinely good dude in there. And I just wish that um, he I just wonder what it was life would have been like if he hadn't grown up with the trauma. You know, what would have life been like for him? What, what kind of person would he have been? That's the only thing I can imagine now at this right. point. Like his life probably would have lasted a lot longer than 63, which, you know, that's you live. He's lucky to probably live to see 63 years with how he was uh, back in the day, but could have lived a lot longer than 63 years. Uh, but I just, I'm just, like I said, I'm just curious to see, like I would like to have known what that would have been like if he hadn't had the childhood trauma that manifested itself into that addiction. Like would he even gotten into wrestling? He just had a creative mind, right? right? And was able to stay on the cutting edge of kind of things and, uh, and pop culture and trying to, be still be hip and stuff like that um yeah i just i'm just like i said i just wonder what that would look like for him in his life um but we talked about it earlier like i said the swag and he kind of felt relatable in a way like scott hall always kind of felt relatable he always felt like a, a, a normal person is that is that weird to say but like Hulk Hogan always felt like this bigger, larger-than-life person. A lot of guys do. Scott Hall always felt like a guy I knew. <laughs> like, 
I was like a guy that I can like have hang out and sit down and talk to. I, mean, I guess I could throw Nash in that too. They both are like normal dudes who just were having to go out, be big and strong, and be pro wrestlers. And a lot of it for me, and it's it's funny you said that because I paid attention to them even when they weren't talking. You know, they would always talk to each other. You know, talk to the crowd, talk with the other members of the NWO when they were in the ring. Uh, I'm talking like specifically NWO, and they were they were just cool. Like they were, um, they just felt like they were having a good time. Looked like they were having a good time, and even if they weren't, they were they were just going with the flow and. Uh, that's relatable to me. Like I'm a go with the flow guy. I try not to let stuff bother me. And when something, uh, you know, unseemly happens in my life, I try to uh, not let it get to me and just kind of go with the flow. And that seemed like what they would do during like promos. Hogan would be talking, and they would just be chilling in the corner of the ring or like chilling, like talking to the crowd. Like they they probably loved. Uh, you know, that spotlight, but it was in a, a way where it was like not egotistical and not like, give me the mic. I need to talk. It was more like, give me the mic. I'll get my stuff in. And then I'm going to go like in this corner and just, you know, hammer the fans, you know, back and forth. And you know, that's just kind of like how I saw a lot of their NWO promos where they just looked like they were having fun. Not yeah. like they didn't need to be in the spotlight. They would just chill, you know, that's another thing too. He came out like, as Razor Ramon in a time where guys were yelling and screaming in every promo, and that was not Razor Ramon. <laughs> like he was not yelling and screaming. So he just felt different right off the bat because he didn't yell and scream like the World Warriors did every promo. <laughs> um, but two things that Scott Hall would say, or he has said, I should say, one has been going around a lot. The other one I've always heard throughout the years from other people and I think it's hysterical. The, the, the second one is or the first one I should say is uh, the lighthearted one is when he sees somebody's backstage he's like hey that's a great finish you got there can't wait to kick out of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's great. That's hysterical. That is awesome. I think James Storm tweeted that he said that uh, Scott <laughs> yeah. Hall t- t- said him that, that to him this week. Yeah when he went to TNA. <laughs> right. But he said that to, to this, I've heard multiple people say that about Scott Hall and that can't wait to kick out of it, saying. But the one that's been circulating the most is obviously the one that he said at the end of his Hall of Fame speech, which is, I'm sure, a very inspirational quote for a lot of people. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. Hard work pays off, dreams comes true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. And it's like, damn, that was pretty deep when he said I it. Got, I just got goosebumps, man. Right. It's pretty dope when he said it. And when you think about it, and I'm sure for some people out there, you know, who in dark places and stuff like that, they probably heard, you know, heard him say that or thought about that quote and be like, you know what? He's right. You know, bad times don't last all the time. You know, there's a way out of it. So there's good times are ahead at some point, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. And I, I remember that thinking, really watching that live and I was like, damn, that was, that was a pretty badass. That's pretty cool. Right. It rhymed and, it, and everything. You know, Twitter wasn't as prevalent, you know, it didn't go viral or anything, but definitely would today. Yeah. I mean, it no, did, it was, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's back. It's back out here. So, um, but yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty dope. And I remember I was there in, in live when he said it and it was yeah. like, oh, that was pretty, yeah. that's pretty, it, it, it was rhyme, it was bars too. <laughs> yeah, <like>. right. <laughs> 
you know but it's like real cool like really inspirational type of thing to say to somebody to say to a lot of people and for people to hear i'm sure people you know that got people through a tough time at some point in the last would have been eight years since that happened 2014 mm-hmm. somebody thought of that quote to get themselves through a tough time in their lives that's a pretty dope effect to have on people so if nothing else scott hall's legacy can be uh complex in certain ways it could be brilliant in other ways but at the very that's a pretty cool thing to leave behind as a legacy to know that uh something you said that you thought of on your own has potentially saved maybe some people's lives or just like i said as simple as gotten people through a tough time no matter how you know no matter the severity yeah, that's pretty if, dope. if there's anyone out there that thinks we're overstating that, that video was trending after, like a minutes after the news came out that Hall was on life support. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that was that something quote. that so many people remembered for, by him. Right. I saw that quote, like I said, circulating a lot on social media, like mm-hmm. just tweets and stuff like that. Or the, like you said, the clip of him actually saying it or, you know, just like I said, a regular good old fashioned post. But um so yeah that's that's pretty cool man you know a lot of people go through life and they don't nearly have that nearly that type of effect on people so if nothing else scott hall can say he has that type of he's had had that type of effect on people so rest in peace scott hall um and condolences to the to the family and all of all the friends and fans out there man like we got to see and it's wild how social media works we got to see his best friend Kevin Ash grieved pretty much in front of the world about this, right? With the with the with the post, yeah. right? It's, and and Waltman is tweeting pretty much in real time, like his thoughts and mm-hmm. and stuff about what's going on with him and 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 some of the memories he had. And you see all these other guys do the same thing, but um, a lot of people had a, had a had interaction with Scott Hall over the years. So, but again, rest in peace to Scott Hall. And condolences to the family and friends. But yeah. he left, a, he left the wrestling time, industry better than he found it. Yeah. There you go. But as we've done many times, and it's sad because we have we've had made these transitions so many times with pro wrestlers because a lot of them die, you know, far too young. Yeah. Um, but we have to make that transition awkward as it is onto something else, which... I do. It's a positive note. As you know, it's a ne- we're turning a positive and taking bringing a positive out of the negative and the negative in that Biggie broke his neck last Friday. Oh man! So we're gonna wish him a speedy recovery. And yeah, of course. Uh, neck. It was one of the first SmackDown episode I'd ever. I not never, but I hadn't watched live in like a year or two, and I decided to go out to the bar for the first time. Like it was awkward for me a little bit being out on a Friday night because I don't like doing that. But, you know, I yeah, got home. over here on a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even, like, go on Twitter, no social media, and I got home. And uh, you know, I had seen some tweets about Big E, so I saw the video, and I was like, holy crap. That was intense. Yeah, it looked really bad. I can't. If that I watched really that live, bad. I would have not had a great reaction to it at right. all. That, that looked really bad. So hopefully, you know, is only a broken neck, which is wild to say, but yeah. he's walking, I guess. He's got movement in his, like I said, in his fingers and stuff like that. Right. So His uh, spinal cord was not damaged, uh, he said, and uh, he's home, which is good right. news. So That's good news. So 
you know, he's hasn't lost his ability to be mobile, you know, in in society. So, and it looks like he could even come back to wrestling at some point because, unfortunately, guys have broken their necks before in pro wrestling and came back. So, I think we're all like, well, it'll take some time, but he might come back. But, like, yeah, just be careful, man, if you do come back, man. Like, this wasn't even his fault, obviously. It's just a, a freak accident. Damn. Yeah. You, you know, know that stuff sucks like right that. before WrestleMania. It happened, for it to happen at any time sucks, but also yeah. right before WrestleMania. Yeah. And, but he's taking it. He's, it seems like he's, you know, being positive about it. So we're going to be positive right there with you, brother. I hope you get back sooner. Don't you dare later. be sour. Right. Yeah. You imagine the next time we get to hear that? Man. I mean, we can hear it, I guess. He can't, like, he can't talk. <laughs> but, like, I mean, you know he's back, I guess, you know. That's gonna be that's gonna be dope. So yes, uh, but yeah, that's yeah. Homeboy's gonna be gonna be out for a while. We're not gonna Biggie on TV for a while, man. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's a shame. Two thirds of New yeah. Day. It's gonna be going. Look, Xavier Woods is out for a while with the Achilles, I believe. Right, it was. Yeah. Biggie might be out for a little while longer. It's, I mean, it's a broken neck. So a broken freaking neck. <laughs> right, like Kurt Angle out here. So understandable if it takes him a little while to get back. You know, I mean, I, I love the new day just as much as anyone, but the only positive, like potential positive I can see is maybe him returning if he does return, uh, getting a big singles push, maybe a main, ma- hopefully a main event push. But I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just right. want him to get better. Yeah, take your time. Have yeah. WWE foot the bill. Right, hopefully, hopefully he, they're hopefully doing. He can't come back because not everybody like. I said like most people do, but like even like Jason Jordan, he had a real bad neck injury and he had to retire. Yeah, yeah. and we, you know, just because Biggie, like it's good news, uh, no spinal cord damage, like he has movement and everything. But this also, you know, he's he's on the sidelines. He might be thinking of other things to do now uh, for his future. So, you know, he might get into broadcasting. Who knows that? Like with, with sports or something. Like he. He's gonna be a wanted man in in multiple industries uh, when he's when he finally puts uh, retires the boots. But you know, yeah, I don't know if that'll be now or or whenever. But um, you know, I I remember seeing the video of him from the hospital bed in the neck brace, and I was like, oh geez, yeah. that was like the in first that- thing I saw on Friday night when I got home and went on Twitter. I was like, what? Right. In in that video, he said he doesn't. You know, he said it doesn't have any damage to a spinal cord, and he said no ligament damage and no surgery. So that's a that's a plus, you know. Yeah. Like you said, we talked about, anytime you go under the knife, it's a serious thing. Um, but I, I would assume that's, you know, not having to have a surgery is a good thing. It just yeah. it's got to heal, I guess. Yeah. Physical therapy. So. Yeah. Speedy recovery, to. Biggie, but it's time, sir. Oh, to dive deep. Oh, to do a deep dive. Oh, into WrestleMania 18. Yes, what, what, that's what, what, what was that? All. What was that? WrestleMania 18. Oh, I knew something was coming, I just didn't know what. <laughs> You very you hesitated. You're like, oh man, come on. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No. Okay. But yes, we're gonna dive deep into WrestleMania 18. We're gonna talk all about it. Of course, Hogan versus Rock, 
Scott Hall, Steve Austin, Jericho versus Triple H, all of it. We're going to talk all about it. So, sir, Nick, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. But before we do this, hold on one second. Uh, I forgot uh, to mention. Uh-oh. Patreon. If, you know, we're doing our March to WrestleMania thing right now. This is what this is a part of, our March to WrestleMania. We made we coined uh, that term, by the way. Yes, we did. Sure Not marks. WWF Bust. back in 92 or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, us now. That's when it happened. But uh, so next. So in the, down, come down the pipe. We're going to do a Patreon request. WrestleMania 24 is a Patreon request. If you want to be like that patron and have a show uh, that you want to have us deep dive into, go on to Patreon. Patreon.com slash radio. And you can quest deep dive, and we will fulfill that request. And we'll let you make a cameo on the show. <laughs> Come on. Hey, yo. Exactly. Hit Survey that says, subscribe button. The survey says that is dope. So <laughs> you should be a part of that as well. Oh. Great, also, we're planning a bracket for March. It's going to be a WrestleMania match bracket. 32 matches. But only one will, will reign supreme as the best WrestleMania match of all time. So I know it was like 32. There's been a lot more than 32. Yeah, I know. But I ain't doing all that. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got lives here. 32 is plenty. We could do 64, obviously. But we don't really want to waste time eliminating 32 that probably didn't belong in the bracket. <laughs> you know, anyway. We got 32 bangers, though. Well, at least right now. We're, we're kind of still working through the machinations of it. But just know, when we get to that final 32, there's not going to be a, a miss on the list. All right? All bangers. No skips. <laughs> all right? So be, be on the lookout for that down the pike. But back to this episode, episode 321. Now, Nick, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Let's do it. Make me a superstar. Yeah. yeah. Who we are. Whoa. Saliva oh, you, playing you his know it. I forgot how cool that song sounded. Did did you gotta do it? It's no? alright. Really? What what? This is this it's a good song. I mean it was the anthem for uh WrestleMania eighteen. <laughs> the anthem. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> they didn't even they didn't even do the national anthem, so well, I mean, that was they're, the they're in Canada. Did they do the Canadian anthem? Oh no, like, they did not. That's 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 old true. Canada? That's true. We can't do America the Beautiful in Canada. We, we <laughs> keep saying WrestleMania. Well, we keep saying WrestleMania 18, but should we call it WrestleMania X8? No. Okay. I refuse. Just make it sure. We are grown. <laughs> I don't know what WWE was wrong with WWE. <laughs> X7 and X Arabic numeral. And writing eight. writing out the number seven like oh, yeah. so weird. <laughs> Like, stupid. They, I'm glad they. That's the only bad thing about WrestleMania 17. <laughs> X7. <laughs> Everything else is like perfect except that. That's that's that was terrible. But WrestleMania X8 or 18, as I'm calling it from here on out, took place on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th in 2002. It emanated from Sky Dome in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It is the now Sky known Dome as in the, Toronto. Right. It is now was, known as the Rogers okay. Center. Oh. Yeah, it's different. Not Sky Dome anymore. Sky Dome is such but, a cooler name. Well, look. Money. 
<laughs> get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> Sky Dome don't make you money. Rogers Center does, though. <laughs> right? Rogers is paying the money. Sky Dome <sighs> is just the name. That's just how it is, bro. Why can't it just be the Rogers Sky Dome, then? I guess you could do that. Why not? But that's not what happened, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we can call up Rogers and figure it out. Blame Canada. We can get it straightened out. Uh, blame Canada. But <laughs> this is the second time that Sky Dome has hosted a WrestleMania. Of course, the first being WrestleMania six in 1990. Coincidentally, Hulk Hogan is a headliner on both of those cards in much different situations, <laughs> but still on top of the card. Uh, the Sky Dome, as it was known back then, is the home of the Toronto Blue Jays of Major League Baseball. Uh, if that's where the Phillies lost in Game Six of the World Series back in '93, unfortunately. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Come on. Look, I'm just come on. All context, bro. Full context. I'm sorry. I didn't like it either, but it happened. All right. Uh, there's also. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> Joe Carter. He 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 did his okay. thing. Okay. What do you want me to do? All right. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> he did his thing. You said his name on the podcast. Oh my god. I'm sorry. You know, Mitch Williams, <sighs> it could have happened for, for Mitch Williams. Not to be that night, what though. The, what the I'm, hell? Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <sighs> but back on track. Sky Dome, formerly the home of the CFL's Toronto Argonauts as well, uh, has also hosted Great Cup, the Great Cup multiple times, most recently in 2012, which was the 100th edition of that game. But it's also hosted NFL games. Oh. Preseason and regular season. Could, do you remember when the Bills were like, like kind of, I don't know what you call it, flirting with Canada a little bit there? Uh, maybe vaguely. That's, that's not the best term. Was that, but that was recently, huh? Yeah, that was from. They played games in Canada from 2008 to 2013. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah that's not that yeah. long ago. No, but that was also all. when they were not great. So I, I kind of get that. Yeah, it is now the Bills are great, so <laughs> the Buffalo's <laughs> like, you're not going anywhere. Right. And they get a new stadium coming yeah. soon, which a billion dollars of is getting paid with public money. Hmm. But, oh, um, how about that? Yeah. Hmm. But we can't do nothing for these schools. Funny how <laughs> funny how that works. Yeah. You know, that's, for, that's another discussion for another time. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Skydome, very unique building because it had a retractable roof. Back in 1989, that was not common, <laughs> right? When this building was first, you know, opened up. Far from common around the world. Now today, these days, it is kind of common. A lot of stadiums have retractable roofs. But when I was a kid, Skydome was the only one, from what I remember. There may have been others, but for a long time, I think until the Mariners opened their stadium, was there another retractable roof that I can remember? This is uh, a, a funny aside. Uh, Citizens Bank Park, the Phillies Stadium, uh, opened in 2004, and this was around the time where, you know, yeah, more stadiums were being built with retractable roofs, and I just assumed, because <laughs> Safeco Field had a retractable roof, the Mariners Stadium, that Citizens Bank Park would have it. I didn't really listen to sports radio that much. I didn't read the paper that much. So, for some, like, when I found out they were building the new stadium. I just assumed it would have a retractable roof. And I remember going there thinking, like looking around, like, you know, <laughs> where's the roof? Where, how, wait, where's the like thing that retracts? Like, 
I know it's like great weather right now, but I'm like looking, you know, up there and, you know, then, then there was a rain delay and I'm like, oh, I guess they don't have a retractable roof. Like I just figured every stadium that will be built from now on would have a retractable roof because why the hell in 2022 <laughs> do you have rain delays for baseball games? I still don't get it, but people like, people like the outdoor nature of that's like, true, but that's why you have a retractable outside, like, roof. I got you, but like, <laughs> even the retractable ones, you know, blocks out some sunlight. Like some some people yeah, want yeah. that traditional stadium, which is outside. You and sit listen, down and you you so, burn up in the heat in ninety five degree weather in July. And and that's, they love that. That's a great time. Right? <laughs> they just melt in their <laughs> seat. Oh, how about that? Right, cook like, an egg next to you. <laughs> like Citizens Bank Park, beautiful stadium. Uh, I would, so, you know, you know uh, 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 it's beautiful. So, uh, it is what it is, but it's funny that so like I just assumed dope. every stadium that would be built from then on would have a retractable roof, and that was not the case. Can you? But the allure of like the Packers. I mean, it's not a new stadium, so I, I'll, I'll hand you that. But like, could you imagine if they build a retractable roof on Lambeau Field? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, that would not go over well with a lot of people. I don't yeah, because well, weather has always been a part of like football to me. So I'm, right, I'm I guess different. maybe I'm talking about you. baseball. Yeah. yeah, baseball's different. I understand that. And I get what you're saying in that we can avoid these rain delays if we just build every stadium with a roof that's, that retracts. But then they won't have double but headers. So, yeah. That's also more expensive <laughs> for, <laughs> for some of these owners. Like I just said, billion dollars given to, to, to build the Bill Stadium and public money. Yeah. I think in 2004, the owners <sighs> trying to pony up that much money or try to get the public money? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm. Just, build, just build them a park. And do double headers if it rains. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, but the Sky Dome or Rogers Center, as it is known today, has a unique distinction other than the retractable roof. It is also one of only 10 venues, 10 buildings that has hosted WrestleMania multiple times. Ooh. You know the other nine, or maybe a couple of the other nine. Just so, say all of them. <laughs> 10, 10, right? 10, ten others. Ten. So, Madison Square Garden. Yep. Uh, the Citrus Bowl. Yep. Uh, <laughs> all right, so that's two. Um, <laughs> yep, seven more to go. Uh, now we're going to get through this. Uh, so, you have... This includes arenas, right? So Yeah, yep, arenas as well. Um, that's what, those I said venues and buildings. MetLife Met Stadium. Yes. And I'm not looking this up, by the way, obviously. Okay. Like, so I have three, right? Yep. Um, so WrestleMania 12. So at the Arrowhead Pond, uh, whatever that yep. was called, because 16 was there as well. Yep. Uh, I'm just going through like the numbers trying to figure that out. You're going to figure it out eventually. <laughs> um, unfortunately, Philly's not one of them yet, but uh, not yet. that's neither here Hopefully. nor there. So I, I think I'm thinking the one seventeen was in Houston, right? Yep, but not in NRG Stadium. That was the actual. Oh game. wow! Yeah, yeah. NRG so Stadium for the Texans play. That now. would not count because uh, they were in Houston. Right. Within, they were in Houston before. So you have that. Uh, I said Citrus Bowl. I said. Uh, <laughs> this is great. I'm loving this radio. actually. I actually, but wait, was uh twenty? Oh wait, 
25 wasn't in Houston? It was, but it wasn't in that same stadium. Huh. I'm going stadium. So 25 was not the cities, one that was in NRG. Stadiums, 25 was the one that was in NRG. NRG. Right, because notice okay. if I, if I said the city or area, I wouldn't include oh, well, MSG uh, and MetLife. Uh, the Superdome, that's four, uh, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Superdome. Uh, so you have. So you're missing, I think, two. Well, are, no, are three, you are you including more. this year's at AT and C Stadium or no? Yes. Okay, so that's five. So I got half right now. That's pretty good. It only took me like eight hours. Uh. Yeah, you got AT&T Stadium, Superdome, MetLife, Citrus Bowl. You said Arrowhead Pond. So that's five yeah. right there. You said Skydome was one, obviously. Uh, and you got MSG. So there's two more. Oh, wow. No, really? three more. I'm sorry. Oh, three more. Gonna... Three more. I'm sorry. <laughs> we can math. Three more. Sweet. All right. Uh, I'm going to get this because this is, like, really cool. A really cool uh, exercise. Oh, uh, Trump Plaza for four and Boardwalk five. Hall. Come on. I'm not calling Trump oh, I apologize. I'm going to edit <laughs> Boardwalk that. Boardwalk Hall. I'm going to edit that. Three, two, one. Boardwalk Hall. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was bad. Bad job by me. Uh, damn, was, I guess the Rosemont in Chicago, yep. right? Because that was two yep. and 13. So I have one, one left. Yep. Oh, man, this is great. All right. All right. Let's go, Nick. Ah. Uh, 20, 21. Oh, you're too far already. Really? Yeah. Huh. I can just tell you real quick. But there's one left, right? Yep. And I went too far? You up in the 20s, too far, too far ahead, yes. Huh. Mm. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> uh... Uh, so it's not in the twenties, <sighs> but I have one left, so I really don't want to like quit, you know. It's not understand, the first union center. We also got to move on. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's not sixteen. <laughs> Seventeen was in Still the too high, man. Really? Well, it can't yeah. be the Fleet Center. No. So, because that was fourteen. Uh, 13 was Rosemont, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 12 was Arrowhead Pond. 11 was Hartford. Yep. But they didn't have a, another WrestleMania there. No? No? 10, Madison Square Garden. Keep going. Caesars Palace. The Hoosier mm-hmm. Dome. Mm-hmm. LA Sports Arena. There you go. Was that it? I don't know. You tell me. Uh... <laughs> Well, the Sky Dome, right? Yeah, the Sky Dome was one of them, yeah. But the Los Angeles Sports Arena, they had... Oh, was that... They had that WrestleMania 2 as well? There you go. Oh, how about that? So, yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that. So, LA. So, I got them all. (laughs) There you go. I'm sorry to our listeners out there for my... uh, I just love trivia. That was like trivia for me, so big fan. There you go. So, WrestleMania, or I should say Magic Square Garden, 1, 10, and 20, 3, LA Sports Arena, 2, and 7, Rosemont Horizon, also with 3, 2, 13, and 22. People forget that. 
Boardwalk Hall, 4 and 5. Sky Dome, 6 and 18. Arrowhead Pond, 12 and 16. Citrus Bowl, 24 and 33. MetLife, 29 and 35. Superdome, 30 and 34. And AT&T Stadium, 32 and 38. Back to this show, though. <laughs> For me, in a lot of ways, this show represented kind of the end of an era in WWF slash E at the time. <laughs> right? <laughs> This was the last pay-per-view before the very first brand extension. After this, Raw and SmackDown split the roster. Right? Between Vince McMahon and Ric Flair, co-owners of the company, or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. In May of 2002, though, there's no WWF anymore. It's now WWE. <laughs> yeah. Vince McMahon had to get the F out because the World Wildlife Fund said, stop it. So this became the last WrestleMania as WWF. This is the first and only time at WrestleMania where the quote-unquote undisputed championship was defended. And it is the last time, or one of the, at least the last WrestleMania, where we see the Big Eagle belt. Hmm. Right, that was that's the attitude. That's the one that Steve Austin got in '98. That's throughout the attitude era. There's a big eagle. Well, it's gone because after this show, Triple H was given a new title, like the undisputed championship, one title, mm. which I think is highly underrated. A good looking that, one. Yep, that's a great looking title. It's a beast of a title. So it was huge, but it only lasted until 2005 because John Cena had to get the Spinner Belt. <laughs> Great belt, though, but it deserved a much longer run. It right? did. Uh, the Big Eagle has not been used since in WWE, and the Big Gold was brought back later in 2002, but in slightly modified. It wasn't quite exactly like WCW. Version. I think it, it looked a, little a lot better. better. You think it looked a lot better? Yeah. I don't know if it looked better. Yeah, like the red studs and, and the corner plates and stuff like that, and very a little shinier, so definitely looked hmm. better on... WWE TV, I think. Okay, that's that's your opinion. You know, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't that's really have an opinion jack. about <laughs> which one looked better. Um, I haven't really thought about that, but I think about it I every know. day. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that WWE's looked different when it became the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, definitely a different looking title. Um, but this is also a time of transition for WWE or F. There's still WWF at this point. Because uh, although WWF had owned WCW World Championship Wrestling for almost a year, about a year by this point, a lot of the promotion's biggest stars didn't come in until either late 2001 in like Ric Flair or early 2002 in the case of the New World Order. You had guys like Booker T and DDP, but DDP was horribly misused and Booker <laughs> T was still working his way up. Right, He wasn't quite in the main events just yet. But now... In 2002, with Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall in the fold, and eventually even Sean Waltman's back <laughs> in yeah. 2002. With these guys in the fold, though, as the NWO as well, now the possibility of dream matches exist. We hadn't really had those types of situations arise before 2002. Outside of maybe Hogan and Flair in WCW, Right. But what was ever like a real, I guess maybe Hogan and Andre, Hogan and Warrior, those types of matches? Yeah. That were like maybe dream matches for for people back then, but 
this was opening a whole new door for pro wrestling, right? Although we didn't get the dream match between Austin and Hogan, which would have been fitting, seeing that Hogan was the biggest star of his era, Austin arguably was the biggest star of his era, pretty much was, and he kicked off a new era. He was a flag bearer for his era. But we did get the dream match between Hogan and pretty much as big a star as Austin of his era is The Rock, which obviously stole this show. We'll talk about that later. But also on this card, we got The Undertaker against Ric Flair. (laughs) You say that now, it's like, that happened? Yeah, that happened, bro, at WrestleMania in full technicolor for everybody to see. (laughs) It's a hidden gem, in my opinion. And the fact that this happened is still, like I said, still wild to me that we got to see this. But those dream matches spark nostalgia, which is something that WWE realized when Hogan and The Rock Way too much. <laughs> crushed at WrestleMania. They realized we can make a lot of money off of that nostalgia. <laughs> and like you just said, they've done it way too much, and they tried to repeat that dozens of times over the years to varying results. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. However, only, like I said, really one match since this one, since Rock versus Hogan, only really one match actually lived up to the hype and probably surpassed it as far as hype and build. And I would say that would be Rock versus Cena the first time, the first time in a lifetime, (laughs) right? WrestleMania 28. That had all the hype and all the build, and the match was pretty damn good. So... That that worked. It worked so well they ran it back the next year. <laughs> I couldn't get enough of that nostalgia, baby. <laughs> this time, let's put the title in there. Right, but it had it didn't really work. With, like they tried to do it with Cena and Roman, like like in 2017 when they first met, but they did it at like a No Mercy. It was weird. Yeah, I, I didn't mind that. Uh, people were were kind of giddy for it, but then afterwards it was kind of like ho ho went away. Yeah, right. That Cena hasn't had that torch passing moment match that rock got from Hogan rock gave to Cena. Cena hasn't really had that with somebody else, mm-hmm. right? That kind of defining moment where the torches pass. Mm-hmm. I think 17 WrestleMania 17 and WrestleMania 28 represented those types of moments. We haven't had that yet with this generation. I guess maybe it was taker to Roman kind of, but no. I mean, I, I guess it was supposed to be, but uh, it, Right. Missed the park. <laughs> right. It didn't quite work out. But with that said, back to the show, WWF's roster, as deep as it was heading into the purchase of WCW, it got even deeper <laughs> after WCW because they assumed all those contracts. It made for a match between Edge and Booker T on this show. It also made for a match between Kane and Kurt Angle. All four of whom are WWE Hall of Famers. But on this show, they feel like afterthoughts. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. because their roster was that deep. The same goes, unfortunately, for Steve Austin and Scott Hall. Or Rob Van Dam versus William Regal. Hell, Christian against Diamond Dallas Page happened too. Yeah. And you think about, like, you put all those names in a card and be like, this is the most stacked card of all time. If you do that today. This is the most stat card ever. This is this happened in 2002. <laughs> I don't think anybody's looking at that like, man, whoo, they're gonna tear it up at WrestleMania. Like it's gonna be like, oh, it's gonna be good. Yeah, you know, it's all right. 
And that's it. Like, <laughs> mind you, also in 2002, WWF, or yeah, WWF at the time, was still without multiple people. Chris Benoit was out with the neck injury. Eddie Guerrero was fired, <laughs> right? Yeah. He was gone. And Rey Mysterio hadn't even debuted yet in Ooh. WWE. Also, let's not forget, Brock Lesnar's coming out the next night. Mm-hmm. Holy hell. <laughs> like, an embarrassment of riches. That's not, that's not even to mention the women they had. We had Lita, Trish, Jazz, Molly, and more. And that embarrassment of riches forced WWF, or E, I guess by the time the brand extension came around, it forced them to do the brand extension. It had to, because it's just too much. It's just too many people on one show. As far as how deep this card is, a statistic that can prove how deep this card is, I counted 16 WWE Hall of Famers on this show. That's including The Undertaker, who's going in this year. Right? He's in. We hadn't really talked about that in the show, but Undertaker is going into the WWE Hall of Fame this year. As is Vader, so good for Vader for finally yeah. getting in. Should have went in while he was alive, WWE. You had plenty of time to do it, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but that's also not counting Kevin Nash, who was on the show, but he's not technically in the match. Hmm. Right? But he's also in the WWE Hall of Fame. That's also not counting guys like the Hardy Boys, Triple H, Chris Jericho, Christian, Goldust, and William Regal, all of whom will eventually get in one day. Locks, all of them, to at some point get in. I'm sure when Hardy Boys and Christian and Chris Jericho and William Regal are all done with AEW, same for Goldust, they're all getting in at some point, <laughs> right? That's crazy. All those guys are in AEW except Triple H, <laughs> who's not on WWE <laughs> television now. at the moment. Poor now. <laughs> Why? Where has I he see- been? Home chilling, apparently. That's also not counting guys like Rikishi and Mr. Perfect, who are in the WWE Hall of Fame, but they were in a dark match on the show. So I'm only counting Sunday Night Heat. Right. But I'm talking about the main card of WrestleMania. That's what I was talking about with the 16 Hall of Fame. Sunday Night Heat was a dark match to you. That's that's giving Heat no credit at all. Whatever. It wasn't on WrestleMania. Jacqueline was the referee in that match. Jacqueline? Yeah. Nice. Also in the WWE Hall of Fame. (laughs) Okay. The referees in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's how deep it was. At one point on this show, there was a run of four consecutive matches where everyone involved is in the WWE Hall of Fame. (laughs) That's Kurt Angle and Kane to Steve Austin and Scott Hall with Kevin Nash at ringside, everyone involved for that four-match stretch is in the WWE Hall of Fame. I'm not sure how many shows can have that distinction where there's multiple matches where outside of the referee, everyone involved is in. Hell, even the announcers are in. <laughs> all right? Like, is that, is that crazy? For WWE. Or F, as they were at in March t- 2000, 2002. Yeah, all of these matches, all these matches are on this one show. Like I said, I don't know how many shows can that can happen. 
However, this show is not remembered super fondly outside of The Rock against Hogan. Outside of The Rock versus Hogan, what is really greatly remembered from this show? The hardcore title. That's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Not a great, not a great thing. I think partially it's because it is sandwiched in between probably two of the best WrestleManias in history, 17 and 19. I mean, 17 is, I think, in my opinion, is the best. And WrestleMania 19 is, could you could make the case that that's probably the second best. And then in between, you got WrestleMania 18. <laughs> and it's like weird period where WrestleMania 17 is the height of the, the, the attitude there. WrestleMania 19 is... The roster is even deeper than it is in 2002. And then you got the brand extension. So you got two world championship matches on the show. And then you got 2002, where it's like, huh, what's happening here? <laughs> like, where are we? It's like, it's definitely, like I said, a, it feels like a, 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 a period of transition. I don't know, dude. The poster like says bridge, the absolute best ever. Who's that? The the I don't know, dude. The poster. Of no. WrestleMania 18 says the absolute best ever. Well, they probably put that in next year's posters too. <laughs> <laughs> they gonna say that every year. This year, WrestleMania 38 is the most stupendous of all time, <laughs> and it hasn't even happened yet, according to WWE at least. So stupendous. There you go. Stupendous. Good lord. Hmm. Uh, you. The song we played at the beginning of our deep dive was. Superstar by Saliva. Do you remember Saliva, Nick? Hell that, yeah. Is that your jam back a, in the day? They had a few bangers that I was enjoying at the time. I only know them because they had multiple songs for WWE pay-per-views, like yeah. Survivor Series in 2002 or oh, WrestleMania that? 23. I remember oh. that. How about that? Their biggest song is still probably Click Click Boom, but they were they were a big deal. They still That song still gets played at sporting events all the time. I'm trying to remember what was it? Uh, Rest in pieces, right? Well, I have no one? idea. Something in pieces. I don't know. That was a great. <laughs> Something <one>. in pieces. <laughs> uh, it was like a, a uh, play off the word pieces, but it was like instead of P E A C E, it was P E I C E S. I got you. I I figured it out <laughs> <laughs> when you said it. <laughs> I love how I felt like I needed to explain that. Right, right, right. <laughs> you mansplain something to a man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right. Uh, hey, yo. Saliva, they also did, <laughs> if you recall, they did an alternate version of Chris Jericho's theme song in 2002 that he really only used in 2002, which I actually really like. It's called King of My World. I don't know yeah. if you remember that one. Was that the... Uh... Part of the forcible entry, uh, yes, CD, which they promoted heavily on this show. Dude, what the hell? Forcible entry? That's not yeah, good. It? Like, <laughs> right? The, the name of the album is about B and E, like, <laughs> or anything else. By that way, it could be interpreted in many ways. <laughs> yeah, but my brain went to B and E. But oh, okay, breaking and entering. Yes, are, <laughs> yes. <laughs> for the uninitiated out there, um. If you're not down, nothing like that, you know. But uh, <laughs> that could be interpreted other ways as well. None of them are good. So, yeah, it's just. 
What is what are we talking about here? I just I just hated I hated when they messed up West with the theme music. I know it was to sell like albums, but it's like man, wrestling theme music is something that like it's so, there's something about it, man. It's special. So don't mess with it. Like Look, sell the actual theme. From. Don't sell like variations of the themes and stuff. I don't I know. understand where you're coming from with that. But there are some times where that variation could be dope. Sometimes, I guess but, Triple H's theme song no. by Drowning Pool, it's pretty dope. It's not better than the Motorhead. That's version. what I'm saying. Like, but it's my, still my mind good. goes to: Is this better than the regular theme? No, then I don't care, and I just forget <laughs> about it. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what else that I probably like. the Run DMC version of DX. The, I mean, the that's DX good, but it's not better than come their on. That's a classic. It's though. great. It's probably the closest to that that could come to as great as the original theme, but. Because I liked that, it, like I had the aggression CD. Like I listened to that probably more than any other track. But if if we were to do an alternate theme song power ranking or bracket <laughs> or whatever countdown, oh man, we have to now. The the run we might have to because that would be actually kind of dope. <laughs> <laughs> but the Run DMC version of DX is going to be like it's definitely in the top tier. The King of Rock, who? <laughs> right, that's hard, bro. That was that went yeah. crazy. Yeah. Right, they came out with the DX Express and all that. It was dope. Wasn't that in the music video too? I don't even sure remember that it's there was a music video. I'm pretty sure there's a music video for that. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that <laughs> on YouTube somewhere. So I'm pretty sure there's somebody looking it up right now as we talk about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> my real one big observation though about like saliva and their, and them performing and even drowning pool. There are people out there who think. Wrestling is meant to have only the rock vibe. Yeah. Right? And they probably look at this like, man, this is the good days when this band like Saliva would go up there and play rock songs. It's like, all right, how many people are streaming Saliva today? <laughs> like, <laughs> that should tell you that this maybe ain't what we should keep doing. <laughs> like, this is I slow mean, turn like, to like... That song was a banger. Making hip-hop... It, it was... Look, it, it was all right, but... There's a slow turn. It's a sl- very slow turn in getting hip hop more prevalent in pro wrestling. AEW did the Black History Month album. You know, it was all hip hop and stuff like that. Uh, you know, WWE has done more stuff with hip hop artists over the years, and uh, you see NXT's songs are like the I think the intro and outro or whatever is I think is a rap song, right? Uh, yeah. So it's it's getting there, but it's still a very slow turn. But if you ask some people out there. They're probably white and they're probably racist, but yep. <laughs> some people and, and even, they're not white and racist. Still, it's stuck. It's kind of stuck in a bygone era. Like you got to realize where we at right now. Where we are right now is that that's not it. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. that's not it right now. Like as much as and I like the songs, I'm good with rock music. But we just got to know what what's what's popping right now. That's you can just look at the numbers and see what's popping right now. You don't have to have a debate about it with me. <laughs> you can look at the numbers. Yeah. So, you know, this saliva and this performance and this music, this fit 2002. But even at this point, hip hop had taken over. Like, it's probably still the dominant form of music even in 2002. So, just, just a little 
rant there. But I will say it was pretty impressive that WWF had lined up the musical performance to the video playing in the background. Like the different yeah, musical cues, cool. how they edited That's the video. That's probably why I liked the, uh, the song so much because I was watching like the cool video. Right. And that was pretty dope. That's a lot harder than it looks to match it up <laughs> like that because they're playing that live. They mess it up. I mean, yeah. that's it. <laughs> like, you know. Um, but now it's time for the opening video package for WrestleMania 18. And I must say, this may be the best opening video package in WrestleMania history. Every major sport has their special event. The NFL has the Super Bowl. Major League Baseball has the World Series. The World Wrestling Federation has WrestleMania. WrestleMania is the biggest show by the biggest company in the entire world for sports entertainment. To a lot of fans, it's bigger than a Super Bowl. To me, it's certainly bigger than a Super Bowl. WrestleMania is called the granddaddy of them all. And you stand on the grandest stage of them all. It's that time of year when you're on the card at WrestleMania that you stand before millions of people and you stand before your peers and it lets people know that you mean something. That's the ultimate dream is that bell rings and you're standing across the ring looking at another guy and you guys are the main event at the biggest event that there is. It couldn't mean anymore. Having that spot means everything to me. WrestleMania 3 was the greatest moment of my life. 93,000 people in the Pontiac Silverdome. I got Andre the Giant over my head and I body slammed him. The wrestling world stood in awe. WrestleMania, it's fever, man. There's really that X factor and intangible I can't explain. You just have to feel it. It's pressure, but it's that good kind of pressure. That's an adrenaline rush every single time I step through that curtain. This is the showcase of the immortals. It's a time to shine and to take that spotlight and make it mean something. Eight months of my life was spent in, in a rehab facility, going through a lot of pain and, and hard times, all with one goal in mind, once again, getting a shot to be WWF champion, once again, having the opportunity to get in the ring and, and go to WrestleMania. This is my comeback WrestleMania. This WrestleMania, WrestleMania 18, will be the biggest WrestleMania in my entire career. Tonight, on the biggest stage of all time, this is my biggest chance to make my mark in history and to be remembered and acknowledged as one of the greatest. I'm here because I want to prove that Hulk Hogan is the Babe Ruth of the WWF and I don't want anybody else to take that spot. This match, a matchup of this magnitude, the enormity of this match uh, means so much and it would be a torch passed on to me and letting me know it's your turn, it's your time, you're the best. WrestleMania is undeniably the most magnificent. It's the biggest pedestal to be put on. It's my biggest dream, and now it's my biggest reality. God, there's no feeling that can be like that in the world. It's nothing but 100% pure adrenaline. That's what the memories of WrestleMania are made of for me. And now, WrestleMania, the showcase of the Oh, man. The first time they use that... Showcasing the Immortals. Pyro and everything else.
Whew, man. I am ready. I am ready. That video package, like I said. Yeah, this WrestleMania is probably mid. But that video package is top tier, bro. Oh, man. man, that's if- goosebumps. Just thinking about, like, I watched it back. I was like, man, that's so damn good. Whoever put that together deserves an award. Like, honestly, it was so good, that video package. It was Kevin Dunn. Wait a second. Wait a second. No. <laughs> hey, look. He can get ragged on for a lot of things. I got, if it's him, I got to give him credit for it. I can't hate. We, uh, I, I think this good, might man. be the first time they really talked about how big an event WrestleMania was. Like, everyone wanted to perform at WrestleMania. It was used as, like, more than... Uh, you know, I don't remember a lot of promos leading up to it. Like, yeah, the announcers would talk about WrestleMania, but like the the wrestlers themselves wouldn't say stuff yeah. like WrestleMania is the showcase of the immortals. Like, and that yeah, was that what that video package was. Right, they said it's our Super Bowl. You know, yeah. and yeah, I think it's coming off a stadium show the year before. It feels more grand than it's ever been. Absolutely. So, like, yeah, it's it is like that. And they are the only company <laughs> like, now, the only mainstream wrestling company at that point. That too. You know, Starcade is out. WrestleMania is is the big show. It was uh, it was the big show already, but you know what I mean. So, yeah, that that was just whew, that was really good. They, I mean, they've had I'm sure good video packages. I don't remember any of them though. Yeah. Over the years, like I don't remember any of them. The only one I might remember is WrestleMania 30. I thought that was pretty good. Um, but this one right here though, WrestleMania 18. Telling y'all, you gotta go back and watch it. <laughs> go back and watch it. Is that legit? But as you heard, the big pyro displayed, and we got Tim Ross and Jerry Lawler on the call, which was not the case the year before because that was Jim Ross and Paul Heyman. Of course, Jerry Lawler was mm. not with WWF by the time WrestleMania 17 rolled around. But we get to look at the stage, and if you recall, we did a show last year around this time about our favorite wrestlemania stages and we ranked them from worst to best and if you recall uh this is very mid as well probably low i probably had it low i know i didn't love it but if you want my full thoughts go back and listen to that episode in the archives of about this time last year so that's that but opening match at wrestlemania 18 is for the wwf intercontinental championship it is william regal AEW's William Regal <laughs> defending <laughs> against Rob Van Dam. Not surprised that William Regal is in AEW, but man, I'm 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 here for him getting Moxley and Brian Danielson on the same page and having it just be a badass duo that beats everybody's asses. I'm here for that. Yeah, it's a it's a great story that they have going. So I. I'm enjoying like it, it makes sense. Everything makes sense. William Regal will er, anything he touches turns to gold. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm tuned in whenever he's on. Really, he's he's tremendous. Still the best interview I've probably ever done. Um, and yeah, he he deserves all his flowers. So let's give Rob, Rob William Regal, I should say, many many flowers because he's amazing. WWE, mm. I don't know what they were thinking letting him go. Like oh, I just say, let some people go. But they'd be like, William Regal go? Why? And we're there what? because you know everyone, based on his promo last week on Dynamite, where he said like he's not long for this world, and then there were rumors about his health taking you know a, a nosedive, and 
my, my thought was okay if these reports are true maybe he requested the release so he can go you know to AEW and and do stuff with you know the guys that were released before or the guys that left and it made sense to me but then Regal came out and said he's never been healthier so that just makes WWE look worse how would you let him go <laughs> I just don't understand yeah, I don't unless he personally requested it and they did it out of sign of respect we don't know that but I feel like we would know I think feel like Regal would be the kind of guy to say something just so no rumors are out there and you know he hasn't so my first guess is that they just let him go because they didn't want him anymore, and I I still don't understand that. Yeah, if I have a wrestling company, if I have an entertainment company, I want William Regal on my staff. Really, like that's one of my first hires, <laughs> right? Is William Regal? Um, but even though he said everything he does is top notch, he missed the mark a little bit here because he wore the belt upside down during his entrance. <laughs> <laughs> Like, damn. He was waving like a baby face. He was waving to the crowd. It cracked me up. Well, that's, that's what he would do, though. You know, regal. Like, like the whole way down. Wave. It just cracked me up. The regal royal wave, as Lawler called it. <laughs> um, But regal, is for the second year in a row, is defending the Intercontinental Championship in the opening match at WrestleMania. Of course, the year prior, he did against Chris Jericho, who is now in the main event of this show. So how about that? Yeah. But also, we got Rob Van Dam. Opening a WrestleMania, huh? <laughs> like, that's still, don't forget, ECW was a thing too back then. And now here he is opening up a WrestleMania. This is, of course, his WrestleMania debut. So, how about that for Rob Van Dam? A long way away from Swanson and Rittner down in South Philly in front of a couple hundred people, 68,000 of them up at the Sky Dome. Uh, but William Regal was using the brass knuckles at this point, you know, as heat. He goes for him early, but Rob Van Dam kicks him right off his hand. <laughs> so he can't use him. No more brass knuckles. Um, I assume that when Regal was busted open, I assume it happened because RVD kicked him in the mouth at some point. That's just Probably, my assumption. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but don't worry. Rob Van Dam was bleeding at the mouth, too. Probably because he got dragon suplexed on the back of his head. Um, that looked gnarly. He did. He... Uh... Slid out of the ring right away, and you're just like, damn. Oh, yeah. Is he yeah. okay? <laughs> yeah, that didn't look good at all. Uh, then Regal goes outside of the ring and picks up the brass knuckles that got kicked off his hand. He kicked, <laughs> he kicked him so <laughs> hard great, he flew out of the ring. Yeah, that's a great spot. <laughs> right? Jerry Lawler goes, look at him. He's picking up trash at ringside. Wow. <laughs> right? <laughs> but the referee sees, you know, what's on his hand is brass knuckles, so he takes the brass knuckles away. However, Regal came prepared, see? He had a, a spare pair in his trunks. He went down to get him. He got him. However, it didn't matter because RVD just kicked him in the mouth again and it hit a five-star frog splash for the win and become the new Intercontinental Champion. Six minutes think about that match. and 19 seconds. Horribly timed, but understandably so because it's a WrestleMania and WrestleMania matches have never been long uh, throughout also, the course of their history. they're not like big stars. Like, I mean, they're stars, right. but not, like, you know. Right, I mean, like, Bobby we would love to see them go like a half hour, but uh, the, the crowd right. in Toronto probably not so much. <laughs> right, and no, nor does WWF. <laughs> like, right, yeah. No, that's true. Like, Vince, nope. You guys are you guys. Nope, nope, nope. This uh, is also 2002. You know, the first time Regal went to take his uh, brass ducks out, he took forever. 
and it made yeah, Rob Van Dam and the referee look so stupid. And I'm just like, that. that's the type of stuff that sticks with me enough to write a note about it because I'm like, damn, I didn't notice this before, but Rob Van Dam really looks stupid right now because he's just like, Regal's clearly doing something in the corner and he's just like, what are you doing? And then the ref is trying not to look over because he can't see him with right. the ducks and he just looks so stupid. I'm like, can they find a better way to not look so stupid? You know, that's that's I mean, all I ask. I you, that's you, all you I ask. The, you put the, the the knuckles in your trunks, I mean, you might have some trouble. He had two down there well, too, so he, yeah. <laughs> it might might have been harder with the extra pair. I don't know. But at least like trip and, and do it outside the ring but, and then come back in, I don't know. Don't just stand there in the corner while Robin Ann's not attacking I guess you, you know? They anticipated that exchange, that, you know, the, <laughs> yeah, the, but it's just, it, the retrieval process <laughs> to being more smooth, you know? Like, okay, boom, I just got him. Like, it was, yeah, like, they didn't see him like fumbling. I'm like, oh, 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 almost got it. Oh, not quite. Oh, not yet. Oh, got him now. Like, they didn't plan for that. He probably did it like a hundred times and he just got it perfect. Boom, grabbed, yeah. grabbed him. Got yeah. it. Not at Done. WrestleMania, though. Not at WrestleMania on the biggest stage <laughs> in the world, but in that, you know, B-Town on the house show loops, he got it perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got it right, right away in Des Moines, Iowa. So, but at, on WrestleMania, you know, the bright lights, you might get some. What are the odds Des Moines, the Iowa ever sees a WrestleMania? Well, no. Two million Sorry, to one. people in Des Moines. <laughs> I guess they could always do it at the uh, Iowa Hawkeye Stadium, the football That's stadium. That would be awesome. It would be kind of cool, but I don't see it happening. I don't, no. Got enough hotels in, in – are they in Des Moines or are they in Iowa City, Iowa University of Iowa? Either way, <laughs> uh, it's not happening. <laughs> you can know that for sure. Uh, by the way, they are in Des Moines, I believe. I got to look this up. They're in Iowa <laughs> City. They, I, I knew yeah, it, man. In Iowa City. I said Des Moines. Whatever. Iowa has a city? Yep. More than one of them, too. Holy crap. Yeah. How about that? Uh, but we Let's give Iowa their flowers the... for having cities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Biggie went to Iowa. He did. He did. He, he went to Iowa. So I don't know if we that. have any listeners in Iowa, but... Uh... We probably do. We got people in other countries. I hope we got somebody in That's Iowa. That. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's not that far away. Uh, but we move on to backstage with Lillian Garcia, who is now interviewing Christian, who was just recently turned on his mentor and Diamond Dallas Page. But now, after, you know, this happened just a week, week prior, by the way. And yeah. then a week later, <laughs> European Championship match at WrestleMania. Boom. Done. Wild. Uh, but Christian, he's. He's back to his usual self. He said he's over his temper tantrums because this is this is the time where Christian would something would go wrong and he would just bang on the mat like a little baby. But he's over that, and it's got a good hold on his emotions, which is that's nice to hear. I'm sure that won't backfire on him <laughs> not at all in this upcoming match. In this upcoming match, it is for the WWF European Championship. It is Diamond Dallas Page defending against Christian. Now, this is DDP's. First WrestleMania match, but it is not his first WrestleMania appearance. And they even talk about it on commentary here during his entrance. But Diamond Dallas Page actually drove the pink Cadillac that Rhythm and Blues 
came to the ring in at WrestleMania 6, also at the Sky Dome. Oh. Of course, Rhythm and Blues is Honky Tonk Man and Greg the Hammer Valentine. Complete disaster. Greg the Hammer <laughs> Valentine looked like he had no fun at all. <laughs> like, he might have had a blast, but on screen, it looked like he was just like, what the hell am right. I doing? I dyed my hair for this. What am I doing? <laughs> What's, um, by the way, first time I ever saw Greg Valentine wrestle, he was with Rhythm and Blues. So <laughs> my, my shock, you know, that he's not, you know, that character. Right. Just along for the ride. No, he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Okay, Greg the Hammer Valentine. You know what I'm saying? You got to get the hammer down, right? You know, great match. What was it? Uh, the the all-column match, him and Piper at the yeah. first arcade? Yeah. Come on now. But Rhythm and Blues? Okay. That's Vince McMahon running out of running out of ideas for somebody, it looks like. How about we dye your hair black, see? And then we'll put you, you a honky-tonk man. <laughs> Those tag team names were so funny because I was like, okay, which one is Rhythm and which one is Blues? <laughs> it's actually a good tag team name, though. No. <laughs> like, it I is, but like same it. with Power and Glory. I'm like, which one is Power and which one is Glory? I thought that's where their actual names. Well, I mean, if you would go with the Power and the Glory of the two, I would go with Hercules being the Power and uh, what's the other guy's name? I'm Damn. saying like their actual wrestling name. Like, I got No, I got you. <laughs> I got you. I, uh, yeah, one? Power would be Hercules because I think he always wore the power shirt and then Paul Roma always wore glory. Paul Roma. So. Damn it. I almost forgot his name. Uh, he could, he's not that important. Former member of the four horsemen. It's probably still at the capital. Wonder where everybody went. Oh, he's in the trucker thing. Mm-hmm. Trucker, uh, convoy. Yeah. I, I, I unfriended him by the way. I remember he was my friend on Facebook. I, I remember that. Him. I haven't been on Facebook in forever, but, uh, the last time I was on there, one of the last times I remember unfriending him because he showed up on my feed and I was like, oh, you're still here. So <laughs> there it is. I'm not going to be on here for a while, but I don't want you a part of it when I come back. Exactly. <laughs> Defriend. <laughs> Unfriend. I just don't want to see funny. your crap on my time. Right. Um, <laughs> Paul Roma. We talked too much about Paul Roma we already. Really do. <laughs> back to someone who matters, like Christian, who is making yeah. his first singles match at WrestleMania. About so good for Christian. It's both Edge and Christian's first singles matches at WrestleMania. We'll see Edge later than, later in the night. Um, but this is also Christian was also the first person that I can remember at least having the shower type pyro that would like kind of shower down. I like that. I like that a lot as well. Randy Orton is probably the most famous person yeah. to have that type yeah. of pyro, but Christian, like Ray J, he had it first. All right. <laughs> Uh, that pyro was dope. The theme music, though, far from dope. What's the opposite of dope? I wasn't Trash. a big fan. I didn't like pay attention a lot to the theme music because I wasn't like I didn't like it. So I was just like, man, this theme sucks. But I didn't like pay close attention to it. So <laughs> like that was for so many because the no. stand was that a for- another forcible entry song? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. It's no. just a bad song. I just I was over some of these themes. Christian. At last, <laughs> what? <laughs> Who thought that? at last you're on your own? Like what? <laughs> that was that was bad, bro. That was real bad. I mean, the song itself, yeah, was that wasn't good. That, that definitely wasn't a forcible entry theme. <laughs> no, no, the song itself just was. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we didn't have that song around for too long. That was rough. Um, but this match, for what it was, was pretty good. 
uh, even with DDP in WWF, it was still pretty good because we've talked about in the past, specifically SummerSlam 2001 Deep Dive, go check that out in the archives, about how badly WWF fumbled DDP in 2001. Like, horribly. Couldn't have been worse. <laughs> Somehow they salvaged him a little bit by 2002 but he was still kind of goofy <laughs> he was like yeah. the, the motivational speaker right with the with the great teeth <laughs> i really i really wish like me just watching this match i'm like man i really wish he had a proper run in wwe at some point like even if it was for a year as just diamond dallas page normal good old-fashioned diamond dallas page we know and love why couldn't he have just been that <laughs> like in in, in WWE, instead they had they had to make him a stalker, and then the motivational speaker. Mm. Which I mean, look, him being a motivator is pretty much what he is today. So it wasn't that far off. He's essentially a fictional version of himself. <laughs> but man, this was I needed WCW DDP and WWF for at least a year, and then you can turn him into the motivational speaker. Yeah, you know, I know. I know. I don't know if he was dealing with injuries. His that whole time or if there was a specific incident in WWF, but uh, he, yeah, he, I, I was like pumped for him and he actually went there. I, I don't know if it was right after WCW was bought out, but uh, he was, uh, it was like right there. And I was excited for, he might've been the first oh, like man. WCW guy. I, I don't remember if Booker T was, he, but he was, at, he was at the invasion pay-per-view. I remember him being, I'm pretty sure he was on the invasion show. Yeah, so he might have, like, I remember, you know, being online and everyone was like, he's the stalker or whatever, but I don't remember if Booker T appeared at the King of the Ring before DDP appeared on Raw. He did, yeah. Booker T was the first guy to show up. So, I mean, like, it was kind of cool the way they started it, but then it's just nothing materialized. I'm talking about, like, WCW guys. You know, Booker T and then DDP are probably like, oh, maybe, like, you know, They'll be put in high positions. Maybe DDP will get a win over the Undertaker, but no, no that didn't happen <laughs> at all. So, no. um, and yeah, I, I know he's battling injuries. So, yeah, that that probably had something to do with it. Uh, well, I mean, obviously it would have, but even this match, I'm just kind of like, uh, like he was European champion. I don't even remember that. Like, yeah, uh, and this match was six minutes, eight seconds. Like, look for what not, it was, though, yeah. it was. Pretty it was good. good. Like, it wasn't terrible, it. but just I not, it not for what a it prominent, was. you know, not prominent no. spot. No, like, why is the Hardcore Championship right after this? Like, why? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But DDP wins with the Diamond Cutter, and that sends Christian into hysterics, and then DDP got on a microphone and just rubbed it right in his face after the match. That was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this was like pure events, you know? Like, Christian says he's over his temper tantrum and then throws a temper tantrum. Loses in his hometown, even though he's he now hails from Tampa because he hates Canada. But yeah, I mean, like, no, no matter the story they tried to surround this match with, I wasn't like feeling it at all. That's fair. It was just for me. It was unique to see DDP in a WrestleMania. Like, yeah. this was the time to see all these wild things, and it's still kind of wild to see, especially now. Like, we watch these deep dives really going back to watch a lot of this WCW stuff. And I'm going to mention it later on with the NWO. It's a wild sight. <laughs> like, yeah. it's wild for 2002. It's still wild to this day. So, but yeah, that was, that was a unique part of this match for me. And the match was pretty good. So, 
I, I probably enjoyed it. It sounds like I enjoyed it more than you did. Yeah. Uh, which is okay, but, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> but we move on. We're backstage with Jonathan Coachman, who's interviewing The Rock, which, you know, today, Young Rock is debuting, I think, premiering tonight for season two. But yeah. back before The Rock lost his hair, here he is <laughs> cutting a promo. But before that, he makes Jonathan Coachman get down on his knees. We asked him if he took his vitamins. And wait, what? Coach said, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, wait a second. Because I'm going to finish that. I mean, I have the audio. Should I play it? Okay. Or will let you go through it first? Well, he's going to get down. He told the rock to get down on his knees and say his prayers. Oh. Hulk Hogan style. Oh. Eat your vitamins and say your prayers. So, oh. But yes. That's what happens. And then you, know, you can take it away. Well, Rock, Rock, tonight, the biggest night of your career, the biggest match in the history of this business, the biggest event. You hear a different sound there. Those sounds are booze, along with the Rocky Chance. Rock is probably like, shut up, let me hear him boo me for a second. Hold up. <laughs> Hulk Hogan, the stage is set. WrestleMania, the biggest matchup of all time. A matchup that will determine who will go down as the greatest ever. And Hogan, last week, you asked The Rock. You stood in the ring and asked The Rock what you're going to do. When Hulkamania runs wild on you! Mm. You see, Hogan, what you're failing to realize, The Rock wants you to remember, is The Rock wants Hulkamania to run wild on him tonight. The Rock wants Hulkamania in all of his glory. Uh huh. <laughs> oh. Coach, <laughs> let The Rock ask you something. <laughs> Did you take your vitamins this morning? Well, actually, I did, Rock. <laughs> we actually Rock, thank you. <laughs> Rock asked you this. Did you say your prayers? Well, actually, I, I got kind of busy. I was you got busy saying your prayers. The Rock gives <laughs> thanks every day. We all do. And you got busy? Well, Rock, it's been a busy Well, what are you waiting for, Coach? What are you waiting for? <laughs> you know what? Shut up, Coach. You don't make any decisions around here. The Rock's not going to make a decision tonight. <laughs> Excuse The Rock one second. Excuse me, Rock, one second. Would you people like to see the coach say his prayers? Why? I'm see, coach, watching right. man pray. <laughs> Why would you want that? The Rock believes in you, so coach, say your prayers. Say your prayers, coach. Put your hands together, coach. Put them together. Look up into the sky. Look up. Get down on your knees, coach. Get on your knees. Say your prayers. Give your thanks. Get out on your knees, coach. Coach, we all believe in you, coach. Now you say your prayers like <laughs> you've never said them before. <laughs> what up, Jake? Wow. Coach here, I just wanted to give you, you know, a quick <laughs> shout out. Good night for everybody. What in the blue hell Big night for everybody. is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> what up, G? That's the way you give thanks? You get out of here, you sick freak! 
You don't give thanks like that. Get his candy ass out of here. You see Hulk Hogan, The Rock wants Hulkamania in all of his glory. <laughs> what you gonna do, Hulk Hogan, when you face The Rock tonight? When you've got butterflies in your Hulk stomach and you reach down to feel if you still got a Hulk strudel? Hulk Hogan, what you gonna oh, wow. do when The Rock runs wild on you? But you know what, Hogan? Hulk the Rock will tell you exactly what you're gonna do. That's put the a terrible you, image in my head. You're gonna feel the electricity like you've never felt before. Electricity that has happened like never before. Hulk Hogan, you are gonna hear 70,000 strong chanting your name, chanting The Rock's name. Hulk Hogan, you will see the people's elbow come crashing down on your chest. And Hogan, above all else, above all else, you will, you will, you will, you will, you will, good God Almighty, you will smell what The Rock is cooking. It is going to hey. be I tell you what, man, that that the rock guy, he got the future. <laughs> that boy is something special, boy. He can talk. <laughs> Woo. He got a future in Hollywood one day, man. I'm just saying. You heard it here first. I don't know. All right. So when that man becomes a big deal and his television show about his childhood is making a second season premiere, you can congratulate me. I'll be there to be like, I told you. That ain't happening. <laughs> I told you. I told you. If it wasn't for Rikishi, it wouldn't happen. Because he did it. I did it for The Rock. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, there you go. We didn't need Rikishi in that. That was a good <laughs> moment. We didn't need to add Rikishi to that. That was not necessary. Moving on. Another though. Hall of Famer. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It is now time, though, for the WWF Hardcore Championship. It is... Maven, tough enough winner Maven, defending the title against Goldust. Like I said, Maven, first male winner. There's two winners of tough enough, a male and a female winner. He was a male winner of tough enough. And now he is here in a match, a singles match, albeit it's for the hardcore championship. But he's got a singles match at WrestleMania. Mm. You know how many singles matches Cesaro had before he left WWE? At WrestleMania? Two. One. Oh, wow. <laughs> Same Jeez. amount as Maven. He had that one against Seth Rollins last year, and that was it. Whew. At least one-on-one. -on -one. I take that back. It was a one-on-one -on -one match. He's had singles. I mean, he's been in single competition in, like, battle royals and stuff like that. Right, but yeah, like, that doesn't count. One-on-one. -on -one. matches don't count. Right. Right. That's, I'm not counting that. I'm talking about one-on-one -on -one matches. So, I did you watch the first Tough Enough when it came out? I did. I taped it, too. What did you think? What's that? I said I taped it too. Oh, you taped it? What did you think about it? It was awesome. I loved it. It it was a. Uh, I watched it. I, I remember watching it back in the day. It was like probably the first time it was confirmed that wrestling wasn't real. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. not, that, not that I didn't know already, but like to hear them talk about it 
and like go through you know the moves and all that stuff and yeah bumps and all yeah, that yeah have like literally wrestlers like, oh. going to visit too and talking to them I was like oh. <laughs> right, I remember Triple H being on there, and yep. yeah, I'm the best there is, uh, something like that, like, <laughs> giving him, giving him a big speech or whatever, and and hardcore Holly slapping people in the chest all the oh, time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Taz was doing that too, and then Al Snow was like the head coach and yeah. stuff like that, which he was a pretty good head coach. He yeah. he trained Blue Meanie to be a pro wrestler, yeah, but he did. uh, yeah, it was a wild show for the time because, like I said, you didn't hear wrestlers talking like that. You know, this is before shoot interviews and uh, podcasts. We hear them talking about taking bumps and stuff like that mm. and tough enough. So that was what I think that, that aired on MTV initially, right? Yeah. Yep. I think it was yeah, a Thursday night thing. So I would like always set like my time to tape it on a Thursday night. So sweet. sounds about right. Love it. Sounds about right. Uh, but then back to WrestleMania 18. Remember of course, who won the, the first women's stuff enough? Ooh, was it Jackie Gator? Yeah. Okay, I knew there's something with a J. Jackie. <laughs> okay, I knew something with a J. Though. I just couldn't remember exactly, but I I remember her face and I got her name. All right, but Maven, the first male winner, singles match against Goldust, who breaks out the gold weapons because he's Goldust, and oh, then they have a match. A what was that? She was the second winner. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's how that could be a thing. Wait I don't remember. The, maybe I, I, I wanted to. Winner. Yeah, tough enough too. Holy crap! So who won the first then? I am gonna check. <laughs> wasn't Jackie Gator with uh, Jamie Noble? Yeah, they paired up with Jamie Noble at one point. Yeah, it was with Nadia. Nadia, that was it. Nidia. 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 Nidia yeah. Nidia maybe that's what I'm thinking about. Yes. Yeah, Nidia wow. was with Jamie Noble. Holy crap. Right. I thought it was flipped. I thought Nidia won the second. So, uh, oh. how about that? Uh-oh. What's that? No, we wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. For the first time ever, oh, by no. the way. But listen, uh, we're, we're, we're not egotistical. We'll admit when we're wrong. So, I'm sorry, Do you remember who, who finished second amongst the men? In the first one? Yeah. Yeah, Chris Nowinski. Oh, there you go. But he went on to have a career anyway because <laughs> he was such a good right. heel. <laughs> right. And then he suffered multiple concussions and yeah. now he yeah. has much more important work in yep. research for a CTE and stuff like that. He's a co-founder and CEO of the Concussion Legacy Foundation. So, yeah. And Josh Matthews is on that show. That's Josh Lomberger. <laughs> That's his actual <laughs> name, I guess. He was a good announcer. I liked him in announcing, but yeah, they kept a lot of people from that first season. They did. I guess they felt like they needed some extra bodies around and develop a developmental. Maybe that's <laughs> part of it. But, um, but hardcore championship match. They have a match. It doesn't matter. Spike Dudley runs in with a referee, pins Maven to become the new hardcore champion. Everybody runs away, including Crash Holly, who we don't see again. Oh, yes, we do. We see him backstage fighting with Spike. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, just a reminder, this is not the last that we see it with these guys. They'll be running around the building, getting up to the usual antics as in the hardcore division. But then we get a musical performance by Drowning Pool because they're going to play the music for the video package that is highlighting 
the main event, which is, of course, for the Undisputed Championship, Triple H versus Chris Jericho. Drowning Pool would also play Triple H down to the ring for that match for their version of the game, his theme song. I don't think he's ever used it since, but I also thought that song was dope, like I said earlier. like That, that song, even though it's not better, I will say it's not better than the Motorhead one. But the Drowning Pool one, I thought it was pretty good. Good second yeah, place in that in that pecking order. Uh, but that video also made me remember that Triple H and Stephanie McMahon renewed their vows at some point. I forgot about that. Yeah, they renewed their vows on TV. Great. Even though I don't think they were technically married in real life at this point. But in the story, they had already been married, and now they're renewing their vows like four years later. <laughs> <laughs> right? We're already at that point. Not even four years. What was it, 99 when they got quote-unquote married? Yeah. So we're talking about barely three years, and they're renewing their vows on national television. But well, you know how that came to be in story. I don't remember. Triple H returned, and he was a massive babyface. Stephanie obviously wanted to get back with him, and he was wasn't sure. But then she told him that she was pregnant when she wasn't. Wow. So and he was like very excited, and we knew that he was being conned, and he didn't realize it. Uh, and then they did the whole like Steph hired a doc, a fake doctor type thing. So, oh my god, he, what the hell? He found out like that night of the wedding vow renewal. So, oh my god, I, I yeah. forgot all a fake pregnancy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a fake doctor. What they went through many, many hoops, uh, for this one. <laughs> That's a lot. Just to have the undisputed championship match at WrestleMania was Stephanie necessary? Was all of that yeah, necessary? She, uh, she wasn't. She was in Chris Jericho's corner. What? Like why? Like why? Just because it's Triple H? Like was she you can leave Jericho him alone when, for a little bit. Was she with Jericho before Triple H came back? I don't think so. I don't think so neither. That's strange. She just did it like after he left her at the altar. I understand. She was look. For, Right, but for all intents and purposes, Stephanie did have heat. Like she was a yeah. great villain, yeah. still is. So maybe they, you know, to keep her on TV because she was a heat magnet. They concocted this plan, but it wasn't necessary <laughs> for yeah. this. Yeah. I think Triple H and Chris Jericho were talented enough that they could carry this feud to WrestleMania on their own. But got to have a personal issue because look, if Vince McMahon inserted Deborah into The Rock and Steve Austin. Oh, Stephen McMahon was for sure getting inserted into this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You talk about somebody who was not necessary for the story. Rock and Steve Austin don't need no extra help. All <laughs> right? We're going to watch that anyway. And Deborah, Smith's of all people. Like, personal issue. <laughs> Just got a new wrinkle, see? Okay. <laughs> we don't need wrinkles, bro. Just play the hits. We good. <laughs> so, play the hits. But... That segment, though, of Triple H and Stephanie, you know, quote unquote, renewing their vows made me, made me remember that, like you said, Triple H leaves Stephanie at the off, at the altar, breaks up with her on some Love is Blind stuff. I don't know if you watched that show on Netflix, Love not. is Blind. I have not. Wild show. I highly recommend. But uh, give, give us uh, where we can find that. It's on Netflix. Oh, it's not on TV. Yeah. No. Is it an episode uh, weekly, episodic, or what? It, well, it's over. Like, yeah, it was like that. Well, no, it was this past season at least. It was like four episodes per week or something like that, like two or three episodes per week, something like that. Per week. 
Yeah. Jeez. And then the finale was like his own separate week. So it's like two or three episodes one week, two or three episodes next week, and then, you know, the, the reunion. I How say. many seasons yeah, are there? There's only two seasons. Oh, I should get on But that. they're both. This, the second season, though, the first season, I think you should watch the first season, too. But the second season is is pretty is pretty. So wild. the second season watch over. both seasons. Yeah, it's done. So gotcha. you have to wait for new episodes. I would watch both seasons though. It's a wild concept. Have you heard of it? Like you know the concept? I have heard of it. People are tweeting about it uh, here and there, but I have not uh, seen yeah. it. Is it are like seasons one and two related, or are they just they're separate like seasons? No, like, separate two okay. different gotcha. groups of people. Yeah, so that that's the vibe. But it is a vibe. Love is blind. <laughs> I am a love is blind watcher. But I mean, if you say it's wild, I will take your word for it, and I will check it out. Great show, great show, great show. I'm down to talk. Uh, if anybody out there want to talk, Love Is Blind, I'm here for it. I got you. But um, Triple H also hit Vince with a pedigree <laughs> <laughs> during that during that segment, which is like, damn, he, he breaks up with the girl. Pedigree is a dad. Real savage life that Triple H was living at this point. Um, he's out here doing whatever. But after that is over, we're backstage again where the fight for the hardcore title continues and between <laughs> Spike and Crash, right? But then Al Snow comes plowing through with Teddy Long on the back of a cart and just crashes into boxes. I don't know what they... And it like, stays there. <laughs> so many boxes he couldn't climb out until... Like, clearly they were empty boxes too, Wait, but... What? Can't really have stuff in right. them, but also, the whole spot was people, hilarious. You gotta love movies like B movies and I guess wrestling too, where if they want to like create a scene where stuff get knocked over, they just have a, they go to a warehouse and have like empty boxes just stacked up. <laughs> Nobody stacks up empty boxes because there's a whole. It's not even against the wall. Like there's a whole other open area on the other side of it that we could see. Right when, when they fall, just stacked so. up boxes for no reason, just to so. So some action could happen. They could go through something. You see it a lot in B-movies, too. Just boxes. Like, bro, people break down empty boxes. They don't just leave them up and stack them up carefully, nice and neat. That's just stupid. But they crash into the wall of boxes. Then Hurricane literally swoops in out of nowhere on a rope or a cable or something. Swoops in, kicks Spike Dudley in the chest. And I guess it was like <laughs> Charlie Murphy <laughs> kicking Rick James in the chest. It was that hard. Like, I think Spike Dudley was bleeding from his chest. <laughs> Probably. Because that one kick was enough to beat Spike Dudley and have Hurricane become the new hardcore champion. And after Hurricane swoops away, that's when Al Snow comes out from underneath <laughs> the boxes that he was buried under. And goes, Which way did he go? <laughs> it's really stupid stuff. I'll tell you, really him like, driving into the boxes, though, I laughed. P- pretty like pretty they, more, like, way more than I thought I would have. It's like they felt like they needed to have another golf cart spot after yeah. the one yeah. in the hardcore title match <laughs> the year before, which was hilarious as well, where Big Show, was it Big Show driving the cart with Teddy Long in the back, probably? Or one of the referees in the back of the cart? Was it Kane? I th- uh, maybe not. I don't know. I don't Maybe remember. it was Kane. No, it wasn't it. Yeah, it was. It was. I think it was either Big Show or Kane because Raven was running, running away. Yeah, and they almost ran Raven over. <laughs> um, that was a wild match. Um, but this was just, just was just a segment. But moving on, it is now time for Kurt Angle versus Kane. Just a that's kind of a random match they've had, just shoehorn on the show. But right. here they are, 
uh, with Kane, even though he he's he's become a goof lately. Is that safe to say? <laughs> like uh, Glenn yeah, Jacobs, to put it nicely. Uh, who he's he's a new breed of these politicians who just say whatever they have to say yep. and do whatever they have to do to appeal to their base and get elected, or in his case, get reelected ex mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. Kane Glenn Jacobs was not doing this stuff before he got elected to that office. All <laughs> right, nope. He didn't run on that platform of saying. And who's even to, to the, say he really believes this stuff? But right, that's what I'm saying. Like they you said, he say, his appeals to his base. Right, say and do whatever it takes to say about the war in Ukraine and Russia. Might is right. What? Th- what an this, asinine thing to say. You know what? I don't understand. He's smart. Smarter than that. We know he's smarter than that. Yeah, I I would hope, but he. No, he is. He he throws I, these I, no. talking, these far right talking points up on Twitter, and then doesn't respond. So because he knows he's going to get engagement, he knows he's going to get right. that message out there. That's what and that's all does, these though, bro. these people that's care the tact about. That these people yeah. use at the, the Marjorie Taylor Greens and whoever else, yep. even the guys who aren't politicians, they're just yep. right wing, you know, whatever media people. Yep. They say it and then no response. There's no back and forth. With they people. don't even like they hide. They either mute it. They don't have notifications turned on. Right. They don't have to suffer like get, get the, the any repercussions up. of what they say. But there's always people out there who like, yep, that's the guy I want to vote for. Exactly. And like I said, a lot of people are using that tactic these days, regardless of how distasteful or even downright hateful yes. the statements can be. Yeah. Really, it's really bad. Uh, so yeah. I, w- I wish. I wish that wasn't the world right now, but. Right. Everyone's like freedom of speech, blah blah blah. Oh, I mean, right. that, I, Bro, I can't keep still, standing on that crutch. Free, freedom of speech—it doesn't mean you just get to say whatever the hell. Right. Like, right. no, like, if I offend you, then freedom of speech. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Also, freedom. Also, you get to, you know, suffer consequences for that. Freedom. Right. <laughs> like, be freedom to get your ass freedom knocked of out too, too bro. Right. Get your ass whooped for saying what you want to say. All right, you can say it. Then I get to beat your ass. <laughs> That's just how it go. I love you can say it, though. It so succinctly. Yeah. You know, you can say it. Like, that's what people don't understand. But moving on from that, uh, WWF's roster at this point was so deep that it took all the way until his fourth WrestleMania for Kurt Angle to end the show. Not happening this year, but that didn't happen. That did happen the next year when he, of course, closed the show with Brock Lesnar. So four four WrestleManias for that to happen for Kurt Angle. It's pretty crazy. This is also, and I fact-checked this, okay? Also his last WrestleMania with hair. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fact-check, bro. That's a great trivia question. All this research for that, just to confirm, was it indeed his last WrestleMania with hair? <laughs> it was. You heard that here first. Speaking of Kurt Angle, yeah, though, three, he gets three in the microphone. with hair. Three total. Yeah, there you go. That's true. And as soon as he cut it, he main evented. So that was the only thing holding him back. Yeah, it really was. I mean, you literally like, can't argue against that. You can't argue against it. It's like the dude. It's like a uh, dude from Big Lebowski. Am I wrong? <laughs> and you're like, well, technically no, but you you goofy as all hell. So all right. <laughs> like, but Kurt Angle before the match got on the microphone and just railed 
on Canada's figure skating team. <laughs> and you're probably like, what the hell was he talking about? You know, mm. giving medals or whatever. Well, any Winter Olympics earlier this year in 2002, mm. right? It was 2002, right? Yep. The Winter Olympics? Yep. yep. Uh, Canadian pair of skaters, figure skaters, thought they had won gold medals, but they were, in fact, cheated out of these gold medals. And those gold medals were given to Russia instead. I think there was a judge that was pretty much on the take, mm-hmm. like Jack on the take Tunny, <laughs> something like that, you know. And there's a French judge, I believe. And this caused a lot of outrage and anger in Canada and the United States. And that outrage and that controversy, which, you know, is justified. You know, if they got cheated out of it, then, you know, it should be rectified. But they were eventually given gold medals alongside the Russian pair. So it was two teams took first place yeah. at the 2002 Winter Olympics. Uh, so, yeah, it's a complicated issue that I didn't feel like digging that much into because it's a long show <laughs> already. <laughs> yeah. But just know that Kurt Angle sang that because, you know, of course, obviously he won the gold medal without controversy. And he's a heel. He's the heel here. So he's right. trying to get under the Canadian skin. And I thought that was a great way to do it. Right. It's fresh and, in the memory. It only happened a month or two before this, so he brings it up because it's fresh. And you know, I looked it up too, and I was like, "Oh, and I learned about that story." So I thought it was kind of funny that he it just fit with his character too. Like you said, the Olympic medals and everything. So I thought it was great, like something that I didn't expect to hear. I totally forgot about, and I was like, "Wait, why would he bring that up?" And you know, it, it, fantastic work by him. Yeah. So, and it's like. Because he's an actual gold medalist, you're like, man, he's <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. hated him even more because he he's not lying about what he's saying that he right. won his gold medal. Yeah, sure, the, those the Canadian pair got cheated out of it, you know, and they it was rectified after the fact. But Kurt was like, as a heel, was like, I ain't worried about no damn judges. I just beat per- somebody's ass and won that medal. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. But this whole match is built around Kane and his head trauma. Not the head trauma he has today, potentially, but back in 2002. Because that's what Kurt Angle kept doing to Kane. He kept knocking him upside the head and causing, quote-unquote, head trauma. Including, as soon as the, well, not really as the bell rang. Because as soon as the match starts, I guess, when Kane sets off his pyro in the four corners... Kurt Angle sneaks into the ring with the ring bell and clocked his ass straight in the head. Smart. And Jerry Lawler's just going at more head trauma, which is like, uh, in hindsight, not the greatest to hear. You know, obviously, we know more now about the effects of actual head trauma. You know, we know more now than Lawler or anybody else did back in 2002. So I'm not holding against anyone. Just was what it was, but you know, just hearing it twenty years later is still kind of wild because we know how devastating head trauma can be for professional wrestlers and or athletes across all kinds of sports. So, just in hindsight, it's like ah, yes, making light of head trauma. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, that's it was was always a uh, like a a one liner in that era, right? You know. The match itself was pretty good. Uh, it saw Kurt Angle win 
by using the ropes for leverage during his pin. And uh, that's it. Oh, Kane almost got his mat taken off at one point. Hmm. Uh, we got to see the big red beard underneath the mask. <laughs> and that's it. That's Kurt Angle versus Kane. That's all match. I got from it. A 10 minute, 45 minute match. So there you go. The longest match so far. There you go. It could have probably used two less men's. I don't know. Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, but we're now backstage again with the Hurricane, who <laughs> is running away from people because he is the hardcore champion. But he somehow finds himself in the locker room with Godfather's hose. Then <laughs> he's hiding behind. I don't know how you describe it. I forget what you would call those, like, it's like a I, transparent like thing. It's not right. like transparent though. It's easy. Yeah. You see the <laughs> you shadow just, behind it. The, silhouette. Yeah. So it's got a silhouette, and it's like a divider that you know people yeah. would have. And I don't, my mom had when one in the house. And Pam Anderson had one, and at the '95 right. Royal Rumble with Top Hat and Gill in there. I remember that. Right. And you can see the silhouette. Yeah. Right. And then one of the girls. As he's back there waiting with a broomstick in hand, by the way, a broom in hand, and for, a for very what? for what? <laughs> just in case he got to defend that title, man. <laughs> with a broom, with a broomstick, but it's in a very awkward spot. <laughs> just so happened <sighs> that Godfather's hose come through, <laughs> and one of them takes her shirt off and to ask other women if her breasts were too big. <laughs> And I wrote this down, and this is literally what happened. This, I wrote down, I was like, I'm not sure if a- women actually do this or not. So I'm going to ask my girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> and she agreed. That's not something that happens. Like, maybe in a private conversation amongst close friends, but not in public, in front of well, a I camera. Mean, were they in public? Uh, you're in an arena, though. I'm not like you're in your you're house. In a dressing room, right? So maybe they thought they were public. Obviously, the camera doesn't share. exist, so... In a dressing room that multiple people probably share. I don't think the hoes got their own dressing room. Hmm. No hoes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they get dressed with everybody else. So, it just, I don't, it just, and it, it, plus they weren't talking about that when they came in the room. And it's just suddenly yeah. the middle of the conversation goes, where do you think my breasts are too big? And takes her, then they all start taking stuff off. <laughs> like, look at that body. <laughs> right. <laughs> they all start taking stuff off. And I'm like, I'm sure a whole slew of men wrote this skit. Because right, yeah, absolutely. You know, Dave spot Hurricane. He's got the, the Bruce stick in a very inopportune place. Godf- they scream, oh, my God. And Godfather comes in. He chases Hurricane away. But, like, that's probably really funny to all the men who wrote this sketch, like, who were yep. involved with it. Because they're probably just thinking, this is how women interact with each other. Like, they just talk about the boobies all day. That's all us men talk about. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's like none of these men were around women a lot. <laughs> like, nope. And we'll this see. This is not a real conversation. Uh, we'll definitely see this come. Like, I think a lot of men planned the fan access portion of uh, this week oh as well. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. Ooh, we got to get to that. But before that, yeah. it is now time for a video package hyping up The Undertaker against Ric Flair. And he hits Rock. It's a lead pipe cinch that the Undertaker's going to win this damn thing. Wait, there's Ric Flair. What the heck? Flair just nailed the Undertaker with a lead pipe. I cannot 
last night. That will be just being a man. I want your ass in the ring at WrestleMania. We're gonna see what kind of man you are. I want an answer. Yes or no. No. I'm scared to see what I can do to change your mind. Undertaker assaulting Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson is Ric Flair's best friend. I told Ric Flair that I wasn't gonna accept no for an answer, so this is on his head. That is a sick animal right there, let me tell you. You left me no other choice. I had to go pay your oldest son a visit. That is Ric Flair's oldest son, David. Oh, God! I told you that I wasn't gonna take no for an answer. This is on your head, man. <laughs> What's it gonna be, Flair? Because I really don't care how far I gotta go. You got my attention. Undertaker, you got the nature boy at WrestleMania. Look at Flair, he's crazy. This is all about Arn Anderson and all about his, his son, David Flair. Flair is out of control. Oh, oh. Rick Flair with Flair. a shot. Flair in a face. And Rick Flair in pursuit of the Undertaker. Rick Flair has absolutely lost it. But I'm very sorry to inform you that uh, I have to place you under arrest. You must be so embarrassed over the actions of the co-owner, Ric Flair. Do you intend, Rick, to go through with this match with The Undertaker at WrestleMania? Yes, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Then you leave this board no alternative but to grant to Mr. McMahon a unanimous vote of confidence with full authority to act. We do reserve the right immediately following WrestleMania to review this decision. At WrestleMania, I will even the score with The Undertaker at any cost to myself personally. Since uh, I do have all the power and authority, at least through WrestleMania, allow me to inform you that your match with The Undertaker is now a no disqualification. That's the immediate advantage. made me do that. I had to push the envelope just a little bit further, maybe too far. I just hope you realize that you left me no other choice. David Flair making an appearance. How about that? How about that? So you heard it there. Ric Flair, co-owner of the WWF. He's uh, not the in full control through WrestleMania. Of course, we're at WrestleMania now. And Vince McMahon and his, you know, as he's wont to do, abuses his power and makes the match disqual no disqualification. Now here we are. The Undertaker against Ric Flair. This was Ric Flair's first WrestleMania in a decade. So, but however, there's no special entrance for Ric Flair. You would think that, you know, nowadays, Ric Flair gets an entrance, it's going to be fireworks, it's going to be big pomp and circumstance. He was just all business, and he ran down to the ring to get the fight started right away. So, in the beginning of the match, Ric Flair jumps on Undertaker, and they fall over the announce table, right? And Ric Flair is throwing punches down on Undertaker, and there's a guy in the stands... Right 
front row, right behind him, is pretty much doing it right along with Rick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy was a, if you can tell by his height, a former NBA player by the name of Jerome Williams. Yeah. He was playing for the Toronto Raptors at the time. So of course, the show was in Toronto. Raptors play in Toronto. You get the idea. His nickname, though, was the Junkyard Dog, oddly wow. enough, because of his physical style of play. He was not a scorer. He averaged 4.5 points per game for his career. So we could just remove that out of here. But he was a decent defender and a decent rebounder. He was on that Raptors team that took the Sixers to seven games in the East oh, wow. Semis back in 2001. That was a crazy series. That was. That Sixers almost lost. Yeah. <laughs> it's real close because AI was scoring 50 a night, but so was Vince Carter. It was really, really rough uh, in that series. But. Sixers won the series, Game 7, here in Philly. We got it done. And we went to the NBA Finals that year. Hopefully that happens again here in 2022. But that remains to be seen. That remains to be seen. I got to mention earlier, I watched this show live, by the way. It's one of the few shows that I've actually watched live that we were deep diving into. I got to mention that earlier. That I was, what, 13 when this show happened? Oh, man. Yeah. Followed, I've watched WrestleMania 17 a year before, and that show mesmerized me. This show, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> not so much. Uh, at various points throughout the night, during this match, at least, we hear Jim Ross refer to The Undertaker as Booger Red. And at one point, Jerry Lawler even goes, what the hell is a Booger Red? <laughs> right? <laughs> and he's like, I'll, I'll tell you later, or something like that. Well, that wasn't just a random nickname that Jerry Ross thought of. Not Jerry Ross. Jim Jim Ross. Right? That wasn't just a random nickname he thought of, right? <laughs> that was an attempt. That was his attempt to liken The Undertaker to former University of Texas linebacker Tommy Nobis. So Jim Ross has, over the years, said this in interviews. and He said this on his podcast at one point that Booger can also be described as like a goblin-like figure, like like the boogeyman, kind of. And then Red was in reference to Tommy Novus's red hair. So Jim Ross, an Oklahoma fan, and of course Texas and Oklahoma, big rivals in college football, probably saw Novus as his evil figure because he played for the rival Longhorns and he had red hair and he was out here destroying people on the football field as a linebacker because Nobis earned that fear of that evil, that fear that Jim Ross had for him. He, it was warranted. That man won the outland trophy for best interior lineman on offense or defense. Past winners include Quinnen Williams, Aaron Donald, Pene Sewell, and Dominic Sue, Jonathan Ogden, and Orlando Pace, just to name a few. A couple of Hall of Famers in there or future Hall of Famers. He won the Maxwell Trophy, which is given to the best player in college football, awarded by the Maxwell Football Club. Past winners include Smitty, Devontae Smith, Lamar Jackson, Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and the last defensive player to win this award was back in 2012. So that's 10 years ago. You know who that player was? Byron Maxwell. No. Oh, uh, no, I don't. Manti Teo. <laughs> Wait, Remember what? Really? From Notre yeah, Dame, huh? Yeah, last defensive player, yep. 
Wow. He was a linebacker, last defensive player to win that award. So to win the Maxwell Award is a big deal. To win it as a defensive player, even bigger deal. Tommy Nobis was also voted a consensus All-American in 1965, and his number 60 is retired by University of Texas. This is the same school where Ricky Williams played at and Vince Young. Tommy Nobis' number is retired at that school. He eventually became the first ever player to be drafted by the Atlanta Falcons in 1966, where he won Rookie of the Year because he was dope. (laughs) Apparently, he was just a really good player. All right. Of course, he won Rookie of the Year. His Pro Bowls was a first-team All-Pro in his second season and was voted as a member of the 1960s All-Decade team. Mind you, he's on the All-Decade team. He wasn't drafted until 1966. But he's on the all-decade team. <laughs> like, he, he only played five seasons in that decade. So, yeah, Tommy Nobis, he was that guy. And it's probably a borderline Hall of Famer, like, with five Pro Bowls and a member of the all-decade team. I, I'm curious to know if anyone that covers the Falcons is or someone like that is, like, vouching for him when it comes to getting him in the Hall of Fame, like, trying to convince other voters to get him in. Because that's what happens to a lot of guys of his era, like, Cliff Branch is going in this year from the Raiders. A lot of people were vouching for him for a long time. Harold Carmichael from the Eagles, same thing. Had to wait for whatever reason a long time, and people had to eventually, you know, vouch for him to get in to get him into the Hall of Fame. So, just a little side note there about Booger Red. I remember hearing that as a kid. I don't know what the hell Booger Red is, but <laughs> now I know thanks to the internet. <laughs> How about that? Uh, I. At one point in the match, I spotted Will Sasso in the crowd smiling for the camera. Um, he was on TV not that long prior. It was in February, actually, where he impersonated Steve Austin in a, a segment on SmackDown in February leading up to Steve Austin's match against Chris Jericho. So Chris Jericho brought out Steve Austin, quote-unquote, but it was Will Sasso doing a, a very good uh, Steve Austin impersonation. I watched it during, like, when I was watching this show, I went back to watch that segment. It was pretty funny, so I encourage you all to check it out. Uh, at one point, The Undertaker hit a superplex, which is like, I don't know right. how many times he's done that. Um, it's WrestleMania. <laughs> right. He probably just like, ooh, that hurt. Not doing it again. Um, but then during the match, Jim Ross mentioned that The Undertaker was coming into the match 9-0 at WrestleMania. I don't remember. Did he mention... His record at 17, he I, might have. See, I don't remember, but uh, that was the first time I noticed. And maybe it's just because it's the most recent one we watched, but it's the first time I noticed, uh, you know, the record being talked about. Right. Speaking of Jim Ross, though, he was hysterical in this match. I don't know. if you, How many clips do you have of Jim Ross? Zero. <laughs> Actually, I have one. <sighs> and is it during this match? It is. And uh, I guess Undertaker was going up for old school, talking trash to Ric Flair. Undertaker talking and got jerked off. Oh. <laughs> Phrasing. That's all I got. <laughs> Not good. Well, actually, no, I have another one when, uh, you know, spoiler alert, Arn Anderson makes an appearance. So that's I only have those two. Well, before we get to Arn Anderson... Jim Ross talked about uh, just off. all kinds of stuff during this match. He was really funny. <laughs> and later on, he talks about doing the spin rooney on his back porch or whatever uh, during the Edge and Booker T match. We'll get to that as well. Um, but Flair hits 
kicked Undertaker in the head with the lead pipe that Undertaker had on his motorcycle. But I think Flair was already bleeding before this because <laughs> it's a big match, so Flair has to bleed. Then, like as you mentioned, Arn Anderson, Double A, comes out for an appearance at WrestleMania. Wait a minute. That was Arn Anderson's WrestleMania debut, right? Wow. <laughs> like, what well, is the first WrestleMania appearance of his career? He didn't uh, appear with, as oh, part no. of the Brave Busters. Yeah, I, yeah, I forgot about that that fast. Damn. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, wasn't it? <laughs> I take it this back. is a more impactful appearance anyway. For so, sure. Because I don't remember the Brain Busters, but they were definitely at like WrestleMania 5. Here I am like, <laughs> just like, that's Arn Anderson's WrestleMania debut. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Long before this, actually, but. I, I tried. I really tried there. <laughs> I really tried. Um, Undertaker fends off Arn Anderson. He beats the hell out of Ric Flair. He tries to go for the last ride, but Ric Flair, for whatever reason, wasn't getting up in the air. So he's like, well, forget that. I'm going to use a tombstone, which everybody was here for. And he used it and won to become 10-0 and at WrestleMania. Mm. And he even held up 10 fingers to acknowledge it. How about that? So I was like, okay. This is a thing now. Uh-huh. WWF, though, WWE eventually wouldn't make it the center of a storyline, though, for three years. <laughs> right? Yeah, because his WrestleMania 19 match didn't, you know, tear the oh. world on fire. So is I, it worth I, even talking about? <laughs> like, no, so they, like, kind of, I don't remember them talking about the streak at all that year. So, right. and not even 20, because, you know, he was returning against Kane, so. I think it was right. with Orton, right? Orton was the yeah. first one to like bring up the streak. That was Legend versus Legend Killer. And at that point, I guess he would have been maybe 13-0, 12-0? I think 12-0. He's 10-0 here, two more. Yeah, 12-0 going into the match. And, of course, he beats Randy Orton to go to 13-0. But, yes, Undertaker is 10-0 on this night. And we move on to a backstage promo with Booker T and Michael Cole. Booker T, we just saw The Undertaker pick up his 10th victory in a WrestleMania. Tonight marks your first ever WrestleMania. And your opponent, Edge, not only picked up what you believe was your endorsement deal in Japan, but he's also questioned your alleged lack of intelligence as of late. What? First of all, I'm a highly intelligent man. I got glasses, don't I? Let me tell you something. I was ranked number one in my class. I ace that SAT. Now, can you dig that? I even won an award for my high school thesis, Einstein Theory on Relatives. <laughs> yeah. You mean the theory of relativity? <laughs> on relative. Shut up, sucker. He had two theories. <laughs> yeah, you're just like Edge. You think you're so smart. Well, let me tell you something. Edge ain't smarter than me. He ain't better than me. And he damn sure ain't as good looking as I am. You know something? After tonight, Edge is going to be the spokesman for a new product. And that product will be the new book called I Just Got My Ass Kicked at WrestleMania by the five-time <laughs> WCW champion. That's now, a long time. That? <laughs> Sucker. That's a very long title. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even remember all that. Always made me feel weird, though, when, like, Booker T's intelligence would get questioned because like the black guy and he's just like freak athlete but he's stupid it's, it's always kind of like a 
stigma around it that I, I always felt comfortable uncomfortable with. Yeah. Uh but I did kind of find it kind of funny that after the promo, Booker T puts the glasses back on <laughs> and walks off. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. But it is now time for Booker T versus Edge, which is a rivalry that started over Edge getting a Japanese shampoo endorsement deal that Booker T wanted. He got passed. Booker T got passed over for Edge, and that's what why. Story. That's why this match was worthy of WrestleMania. <laughs> Mind you, these are two Hall of Famers. Booker T, a two-time Hall of Famer. They had a match at WrestleMania, and and like you think about it today, like, yo, Booker T and Edge had a WrestleMania match? I must go see this. Oh, wait. <laughs> the story was real, real dumb. But it is what it is. They got a match at WrestleMania for it. They got paid. At least they got paid they for it. At least that, that's what happened. Uh, Edge, of course, is in his hometown or Toronto. He is actually in attendance at WrestleMania 6 at the Sky Dome back in the day. And now he's back for his first singles match at WrestleMania. Booker T, of course, making his WrestleMania debut. So there's that. And, of course, Jim Ross talks about, you know, getting, doing, trying to spin a Rooney on his back porch He's like, oh, I'm not doing it on my front porch. I'm trying to embarrass myself. (laughs) Did it on the back porch, see? Which, that makes sense. But at the end of the day, Edge beats Booker T. And the talent scouts that they were talking about for the shampoo deal were all happy. Because Edge won. Six and a half minutes. Yep. Mm -mm. By the way. WrestleMania. Teddy Long, uh, who was in the cart with Al Snow when they crashed into the boxes, he was okay. He refereed this match, so he was okay. I mean, I would hope that cardboard just wouldn't break this man's bones. Like. <laughs> well, he disappeared, so we couldn't tell for sure where. That's fair. Whether he was That's good fair. or not. That's fair. Those, those cardboard boxes, I guess they were heavy. You had to get them off of them. Never know. Uh, but now we're backstage with Jonathan Coachman as he's interviewing still the hardcore champion, the Hurricane. And and about what happened with Godfather's hose. <laughs> so he gets the interview, and then Mighty Molly shows up, and she's like, "Quick to the hurricycle, or whatever she said, the hurricane." And Hurricane does a spin and a twirl, turns around, and like, "Yeah, let's go!" <laughs> and then Mighty Molly, Molly whops. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Hurricane in the back of the head with that frying pan. Uh, okay, Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> she a Molly whopped him. Molly whopped him. That's old tired ass. <laughs> Hit him with the mighty Molly whop. That should have been her finish. What? How did they miss that opportunity to call her finish a mo- the Molly whop? Mighty Molly, if you miss, if you're listening, Molly Holly, WWE Hall of Famer Molly Molly Holly. If you're having another match anytime soon. Your finish must be called the Molly Wop. It's just there. She should have a comeback match just for that. But <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. But here we are. Molly Holly is the new hardcore champion, which got me to thinking. How many women have been hardcore champion? Well, you got hmm. Mighty Molly. You have Trish Stratus. 
And then you have Terry. But there's one more. And they were the first woman to hold the Hardcore Championship. Do you know who this person is? Fabulous Moolah. Wrong. Yeah. At least up until this point. Maybe at some point that happened. But up until this point, that's what the I'm saying. The very counting. first one? The first yep, woman the to hold it? The very first woman. Yep. Because uh, there might have been women hardcore champions after this. I'm I talking about up until Mighty Molly. China? No. Stephanie? <laughs> I don't think you're going to guess this, bro. Oh, I'm not going to guess it at all. Maybe. Huh? Linda McMahon? <laughs> No. I don't know. In WWE's record book, the first woman to hold the hardcore championship is Godfather's Ho. Ah, that's right. Yep. It's not Victoria. Oh. I mean, it may be Victoria, but it's not. And I don't think it was. I don't think it was Victoria playing Godfather's Ho. I think it was just an actual, like, woman who they hired to be Godfather's (laughs) one of his hoes. That's funny. Uh, that actually won the hardcore title. <laughs> so, there you go. Some, just some, you know, just dropping knowledge here, How about bro. that? Dropping knowledge here. Godfather So, the first woman. I knew all the champion. venues that WrestleMania took place in twice, but I didn't know who was the first woman's hardcore champion. So, there you go, man. I failed you. <laughs> it's all right. It's, that's <laughs> a tough one. A lot of people don't even know that that's in the record book. <laughs> Um, as officially on WWE's website, no less, PG Company, but Godfather's Ho, but not HOE, because that's, no, that's rated R, but that's PG-13, <laughs> HOE, just H-O. So it's like gotcha. Godfather's like Ho, like, but like Santa Claus Ho. Gotcha. Different, see? This is a fun-loving Ho. The one with the E? Mm-mm. Bad news. Bad news, man. Get the E out. It's like WWE... They don't know, like they don't have to acknowledge that though. Like, they like, don't. They really don't. You can actually put that person's name even. You could. Godfather so. Or put the name and put in parentheses Godfather so. So you something need, like that. We yeah. Know, we know as hardcore wrestling fans, you know who it was. At least this woman, you know, wherever she may be, can say her name. It's in right. the book. <laughs> yeah. But instead, she's just Godfather's ho, and it's like, damn. It's just like, uh, the script, you're just Godfather's Ho. Sorry. Right. <laughs> That's what you're credited as in the credits. You don't even get a name attached to that. But moving on, it is now time for Steve Austin versus the late, great Scott Hall. I'm going to inject the WWE. Inject. Inject. These three human beings have robbed Austin of his dream with the lethal dose of poison. The poison oh of the NWO is running through the veins of the Texas Rattles. That's one of the killers on company. Steve Austin. <laughs> hey, he's got him. You come into the World Wrestling Federation looking to make a name for yourself on Stone Cold, ruin my title shut. You're going to learn that you do not mess with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Nobody embarrasses Scott Hall. Nobody humiliates Scott Hall. Austin 316 says, I just branded your ass. Stone Cold Steve Austin, I want you to feel humiliated. I want you to be embarrassed. Oh no, the stunner. Oh, Hall with a stunner on Austin. 
This is what I want. Scott Hall, Steve Austin, one-on-one -on -one at WrestleMania. He'll put his little head right there. Turn it so slightly. Wham, drop him. Stone Cold Stutter. Put some stink on it. One, two, three. That's the first member of the NWO. Scott Hall is going down. I hear from you that you're the toughest SOB in the WWF. Prove it. All right. Oh. Gotta get that in there. Let's hear that pop. And we're gonna hear this year at WrestleMania. That is true. Oh yeah, love it for sure. Here to fight. So I wrote. Obviously, I watched this before knowing Scott Hall was on life support, and obviously before he passed away. And this is what I wrote. I said, when I was a kid watching the show, I did. I don't think I I understood the significance of hearing the NWO music for the first time at a WWF show, or at least at a WrestleMania. It wasn't the first time at a WWF show, but at a WrestleMania. Like, but here it is. The New World Order music is playing at a WrestleMania, and the first one out is Scott Hall, which was fitting because he was the man that began the entire story of the New World Order in WCW, right? And it's just another sign of just how wild this time was. But now that I've gotten older and had a chance to go back, and now especially because Scott Hall just recently passed away, the significance is not not lost on me today as it was when i was 13 watching this and yeah didn't really you know didn't have that big of a frame of reference um steve austin said over the years and obviously this is years ago when he's like man i didn't really i wasn't really feeling this like i guess in his mind he wanted hogan didn't get hogan maybe nash is the next one because he's a former champion didn't get nash he got scott hall who you know obviously is a legend but at this time he wasn't the biggest star in that group no right? not, not definitely not on screen either it was like no you know i kind of look back at this and think you know maybe scott hall commanded vince's respect so much that vince rewarded him with a wrestlemania match against stone cold steve austin now now i kind of do i have to view it mm -hmm. that way maybe because if you don't go austin hogan Obviously, Austin Nash makes sense, but I don't think Nash had wrestled yet. So, you know, Hall, you couldn't go wrong with Scott Hall. He would take care of you in the ring. So. That's true. And he was, he was like Razor Ramon. Like, yeah. That's a big deal. That's yeah. Steve Austin. I mean, it's not Razor Ramon on this night, but, like, Steve Austin versus Scott Hall, if you book that match in 98, that's a big match. It's still oh, a big yeah. match in 02. It is. Definitely. So, but it is what it is. We're here. We got Scott Hall versus Steve Austin. Uh, Nash knocks out a referee, and it helps out Scott Hall. Austin fights off Scott Hall and Kevin Nash like Chuck Norris, right? A whole bunch of refs come out to escort Scott Hall, well, not Scott Hall, Kevin Nash off the premises, <laughs> right? And eventually, Steve Austin hits not one, but two stunners, both of which had great sells from Scott Hall for the win. And the, 
this clip of Scott Hall taking the second stunner and jumping up into the air <laughs> to sell it. Well, the first one, he stands straight up. Then he hits with the second one. He jumps in the air. That clip has been going around a lot because yeah. Yeah. The Rock is unquestioned the best seller of the stunner of all time, right? <laughs> Scott Hall might be number two after that. Jump in the air. Whoa! Like That was pretty good. It was great. So if one thing Scott Hall is going to do is make his opponent look good. Yeah. He's good yeah. for that. So took a big stunner for, for Steve Austin. Uh, Austin celebrates the win with a couple of, or a bunch of, actually, Molson Canadian beers because they're in Canada. Yeah. Which is something you don't really see, like, here in Philly. Like, Molson Canadian places. Like, I don't see that on the menu here. I, uh, I went to a bar in Jersey. I would always get, uh, like, a bottle or a draft because uh, I was... I liked Molson. Like, I'm not a, a huge beer drinker anymore, but uh, Molson's, they would be up there for me. But, I, I, yeah, I wish, you're right. Like, I wish around this area, we more places, more bars would have it. Right. I, the only time I've ever drank it, and this, it's going to sound like a humble brag, I know, but it's, it's not. It's just, you know, the only time I've ever actually drank it was in the Super Bowl parade. <laughs> <laughs> the the, uh, the rock eyeball emoji, not emoji, uh, eyeball gif. Right. I know, but it was fun. And that's my memory of drinking a Molson Canadian <laughs> when people were throwing them to us in the parade. So just throw that out there. Not trying to brag, right? I know you're rolling yeah. your eyes, but. Okay. Okay. I know. Okay. I know. But we move on. It's now time for a video recap. A fan access, which is held at the automotive building and at exhibition place in Toronto. Looked a little different than what we're used to today. A little darker, looked like. And the weird thing is that they had a Hall of Fame exhibit, despite not having a Hall of Fame. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah right. They didn't bring it back until 2004. However, <laughs> the thing that stuck out like a sore thumb was that they have different things like they do today, like little different exhibits. You can go up and look at Andre the Giant's boots or something like that. Mm. But on this in this year, yeah. they had half a statue. It was just a, just legs. And it was Stacey Keebler's legs and a statue with the butt attached to it. Just her torso. Just her bottom half. Nothing of her top half. And they had this out for people to walk up on and touch and take pictures with, it was bizarre. And if you don't think it was wrong, just listen to Stacey Keebler talk about it. There is a statue here of my legs and my butt, and it's really interesting to see the way that people are uh, touching it and taking pictures of it, knowing that that's an uh, exact replica of my legs and my butt. <laughs> Uh, 20 years later and at least hopefully I would think as a society we're moving in a better direction than this type of stuff but it's is it just me or could you hear the uneasiness in her voice oh yeah yeah for sure and being you know as nice as possible by saying it's interesting to see right. what other people are doing to an Very... exact replica of her butt and legs very, you could. That was a uh, 
conscious de- de- decision of, of using the word interesting. Yes. yes. Uh, that was not like something that just rolled out of her mouth. Like, if she was happy about it, she was like, yeah, this is pretty cool to me. Like, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Walk up to my butt without my consent and take pictures with it and touch it and rub it. And, and listen, uh, they're not touching her legs. You know, we saw two two guys touching her ass. Who looked yeah, like we they know would, exactly what that was for. Who looked like that's the closest they're ever getting to a woman. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they were right up on it, like, yeah, a woman's butt. Uh, wow. Yeah. I won't see this again for a while, so I'm gonna enjoy this. <sighs> Just take a picture. Let's cherish it. I wonder so, what yeah, they think weird, about it bro. now. You know, watching it back, if they didn't feel any shame at all. No, I, I was 13. I didn't know any better. No, I mean those people that were oh, no. on the video, on, like the two guys that were like oh, on the pay-per-view, no. you know. Oh, I hope they have shame today. <laughs> yeah. But it's also, it's like, I'm sure they did that without Stacey Keebler's consent. They didn't ask her if she wanted her butt and legs to be on display for people to touch and take pictures with. So she probably just showed up and saw that. It's like, what? <laughs> like, Wow. They okay. were just like, so we're gonna need your exact measurements and do this and do that. I, Here's a I guess I guess yeah, maybe they did to try but to get the they weren't asking her, they were telling her, and that's the problem. Probably. That's probably how it played out. But either way, man, it's just weird. I, I was another thing I'm watching, I'm sitting next to my girl, she's watching TV or whatever, and I'm watching this on the laptop and then she sees that and like because she started <laughs> watching it with me. She started watching it with me for a little bit, too. And I saw, you know, I have my headphones unplugged. And she's looking at this. She's like, oh, 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 my God. This is horrible. Like, <laughs> she had a very, like, visceral reaction to it. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. oh, no, no, this is terrible. This is what? This is wild. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was 2002, bro. That was 2002. It's like you have your initial thoughts about it when you watch it. And then you see Stacy interviewed about it. And you're like, yeah, like, it's, yeah. you can tell you- it's just coming across the screen that she's not happy. The same thing you picked up on in her word choice. Yeah. Uh, my girl picked up on as well. Like, notice she's not like enthused. It's interesting. Like, I wonder if, uh, you know, they asked her, why don't you go, you know, put your hand on it and we'll have, grab video. And she was just like, no. Cause I feel like we, I feel like we would have seen that. You know, I'm certain somebody asked her that. Like, can you take yep. a picture with the force for content? And she's like, no, nah, I'm good. No. No. Yeah, my butt out here. But Stacey Keebler is a part of the next match on the card, which is for the WWF World Tag Team Championship. It's being defended in an elimination match, four corners elimination. The champions, Billy and Chuck. Oh. Defending against the APA, the Hardy Boys, and the Dudley Boys. One of these teams are not like the other. (laughs) Three teams, Hall of Famers. The other team thrown together. Tag champions, though. Billy's a Hall of Famer. Well, he will be. Yeah, he is. He's part of DX. You're right. But they're not a Hall of Fame team, Billy and Chuck. No, no. no. They should be, but no. No. Um, But the other team had real people real comfortable back in, real uncomfortable, I should say, back in 02. Yeah. I would imagine they had people real uncomfortable back then. But, hey, the... The wedding segment with them two, classic segment. Yep. Classic segment. Yep, absolutely. Also, Liver played the Dudley Boys to the ring, and then, you know, 
Yeah. You see Stacey Keebler? She was beautiful. <laughs> Let's yeah. just say that. Well, she still is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Lord, I'm not saying you should build a statue of her butt and take pictures with it. <laughs> but isn't, I can see why you're attracted to her. <laughs> yeah. For damn sure. Yeah. Let's not confuse that. Casey Keebler. Who's somebody, I'm surprised she hasn't, like, she hasn't made any, like, returns like you know, I do the Rumble. They might bring they brought Tori Wilson back yeah. and stuff like that. They haven't brought Stacey Keebler back, or maybe she hasn't wanted to come back. Maybe not. Which, I mean, look, you don't have to be in the wrestling business. I mean, it's, yeah, I, probably for the better that you're not. But I'm just surprised because she was a big deal back in like the Attitude Era, like from like oh one, oh two, oh three. Like she's probably arguably one of the more popular women they had. Yeah. But. Which is, you know, they had her do some crazy stuff like Scott Steiner and Test, and then now the Dudley oh, Boys. It's like the testicles, remember yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> My God. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that's why she doesn't want to come back. <laughs> maybe yeah, because creative is not much better in 2022. Uh, but this match had the real unfortunate circumstance of following two years of tremendous tag team ladder matches at WrestleMania between the triangle ladder match and TLC two, two of the best matches in WrestleMania history. Needless to say, this did not live up to that stand. <laughs> and it's no. you can't really when it's just a four corners match, it's not a ladder match. Right. Um, but we did get a table spot when Chuck pushed Devon off the top rope and threw a table to eliminate it was part of the elimination for the Dudley boys. Hmm. Or no, but that's after the fact. I mean, they eliminated Dudley Boys eliminated APA, and then the Dudley Boys got eliminated by the Hardy Boys. But Billy and Chuck won, thanks to Billy hitting Jeff with one of the tag belts. After you hit him with the Famouser, too. But then he hit him with the tag belts. Billy and Chuck won and retained the titles. I, I didn't really have much more from this I match. I never understand a WrestleMania match like this where the champions retain. Like, have a title change. I don't care if it's for the sake of a title change. You can always do something the next night or even the next month. Just, like, something. Why, why do you got to have always have the champs retain this type of situation? They, they have they have more to do with Billy and Chuck, I guess, man. Chuck and Billy, whatever okay. you want to call them. Buck and Chili. There you go. That was That's a better name. <laughs> Fucking chili. That's badass. It sounds like you're saying the F word in chili. Like, I want some <laughs> F and chili. It's like, take buck, it easy, bro. Buck. Get some chili. Buck. Yeah, I might have to. Oh, I'll have to listen to this back. Well, Dort, edit. Edit it. <laughs> take it easy. That was not the F word, FCC, right. or whoever's listening to this. Buck. Employers, uh, <laughs> potential employers. That was not the F word. B for Buck. Buck. Fuck. But we're moving on to Kevin Nash and Scott Hall backstage sulking after losing to Steve Austin. But Kevin Nash is like, no, we got bigger plans for the night with Hogan and The Rock. An impressive victory for two free. Austin got lucky. That's all there is to it. I'm better than him. You know it. I know it. He knows it. That's all there is to it. I'm better than Austin. He got lucky. That's it. It ain't gonna happen twice. Tonight, what happened to us just now, we take out on the rock. You can live with that. You know something? 
I know you guys are really hot. You got a reason yeah. to be. Yeah. But I need a favor from the Brotherhood, man. I need to go out there on my own. I need to do this by myself. In my heart, my friends, I need to find out if I'm the man. And when I prove I'm the man, out there all alone, NWO style, for life, I want to make sure that Jabroni, just like I did Rocky <laughs> Balboa, don't have no excuses when I bust him up real bad. Yeah. Did you hear what he said? Still coming, man. It don't mean we ain't going to be involved just in this. Just let him back in. <laughs> Still coming, man. <laughs> They're gonna be out there. Don't worry. But yes, he just told you not to. I don't right. care, man. Seed has been planted for a for some disagreement in the NWO. More on that after the next match. But before the next match, I should say, we are backstage yet again with Molly. Now she's running around trying to escape. Defeat for her hardcore championship. Somehow she hasn't left the building though. Right. <laughs> like, like you would think be a, there's peace be a out, door but... somewhere that you could just go exit and leave. <laughs> but she's like 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 sneaking around hallways as if she doesn't know where the exit is. <laughs> just go out where you came in, Molly. Something. Just move fast. Faster than what you were doing. She's looking around and all that. And all that looking around cost her. She could have flown away. Right. On the Molly cycle or whatever. Instead, Christian swings a door right into her face. Knocks her unconscious. <laughs> pins her and wins the title. And runs off with it. And Jim Ross sounded disgusted. <laughs> hey, like, I wasn't expecting that because I totally, like, I'm watching this back for the first time in a long time. And when uh, Christian, you know, swung that door open, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it actually looked pretty good on TV. No, it was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's messed up. You don't want to hit a woman in the face. But... Well, you don't want to hit anyone in the face. Right. But, but Jim Ross's reaction was hilarious. Yeah. Disgusting. Disgusted. That's that's the operative word there for that. But we move on now. It's now time for a video package to hype up Hulk Hogan versus The Rock. In this video package, Hulk Hogan tries to kill The Rock. Just know that. He tried to end his life. Not his career, but his life. <laughs> but uh, to the, no avail, because uh, the match is still happening. I mean, yeah. Uh, we have... Like, we're going to deep dive into Rock Hogan... In the deep dive in WrestleMania 18, and this is a great part of it. We have the moving, the moving, uh, you know, animation. world today and they'll never 
ever be a bigger star than Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan and The Rock in the same ring. Who would have thought they would have ever seen Hogan and The Rock? It was not the people that drove you out of the WWF. They loved you. They believed in you. And damn it, The Rock believed in you. You are a legend. You are without a shadow of a doubt an icon, quite possibly the best ever. And seeing as you are back in the WWF, you talked about headlining, main eventing, WrestleMania after WrestleMania after WrestleMania. Well, Hulk Hogan, The Rock says, how do you feel about headlining one more WrestleMania with The Rock? Mm. No thanks. Yes. <laughs> It'll be a pleasure to kick your ass at WrestleMania. And by the way, Rock, good luck, because you're going to need it. Not as much as you, brother. Oh, wait a minute! Oh, oh got it. The immortal Hulk Hogan versus The Rock at WrestleMania as The Rock bows down to Hollywood Hulk Hogan. You're pitiful, Rock. After I beat you, Rock, you're going to realize that you're ordinary. You're common. All these millions... And millions of fans who were my fans first are going to see me kick your candy ass at 100% of WrestleMania. See, Hogan, you can beat The Rock in a tag. You can take a hammer to the back of The Rock's head. You can try to end my career. But the your career didn't end your life. No way. <laughs> and he's not going to walk they tried into the match ever. Whoop your candy ass. One, two, three. A match for the ages. The Rock. It's WrestleMania, baby. Let's go. It is time for The Rock versus Hulk Hogan. Well, you want to just skip this one? <laughs> we could have skipped everything else but this, actually. <laughs> but The Rock entering this match, it's a like, massive match, obviously. The biggest of his career, arguably, to this point. He is a month, a little more than a month shy of his 30th birthday going into this match. Whew. He wasn't even 30 yet, and he's at this point. Holy hell, man. That's crazy. That's truly incredible. That's crazy. 29. That's like me main eventing in WrestleMania with Hulk Hogan. Seven years ago, I had to yeah. do the math real quick. So that's like crazy. That's crazy. This is also The Rock's last WrestleMania match. And I fact checked this Ooh. with hair. <laughs> <laughs> 
I fact that you, I fact checked it for Kurt Angle and The Rock, bro, and it, it checked out for funny. both. That is great. No more hair. He had no hair at WrestleMania 20 when he teamed with Mick Foley. Damn, you're right. <laughs> did he? Wasn't I, he? He did. He brought it back. He was bald at WrestleMania 19, but he brought the hair back at WrestleMania 20. Damn it. Oh, no. The fact check was wrong. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought I was so right. I couldn't have been more wrong. You're 100% uh, right. You, as soon as I said it. But I don't like, know. I don't remember. What did he look? Did he have, he had a goatee, right? Yeah, but he had hair. And he had hair. I'm almost yeah. certain he had hair. Oh, man. My world has been shattered. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> it has been shattered. Yeah, he's got hair. I'm looking at pictures right now. Oh, man. It's, it's like a fade, though. Before fades came back in, he had like a fade on. Because that wasn't. That's probably. By choice, I mean, not by choice. Probably had to do that because <laughs> he's losing his hair. But <laughs> oh, he had he had oh, hair yeah. at twenty. God it. damn it! I was oh man, I was on point. You were man. That's not a real good. He didn't have it at nineteen though. I know that's what. How did the rock was I bald? don't know why twenty stood out to me. Uh, maybe it was good. Did he did he have a goatee? Yeah, he had a goatee as so well. So maybe that's why I thought about it, because I, I don't remember him with a goatee with no hair. So oh that's God. that's the only, literally his facial hair is the only reason I I had mentioned that. <laughs> he the, what threw me off is that he didn't have hair at nineteen, bro. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was the end of the hair. He was, it was gone. That was, was it. Back. That was it. He, he he was doing movies with the hair too. He did was it the game plan. <laughs> oh man. I didn't even think about that. I was just caught up in me trying to be right. <laughs> I got it wrong. My God. Oh, oh, credibility destroyed. Oh, man. Going forever. But moving on, back to the match. You know you got something. When before the two people in the ring even touch each other, the fans are going crazy. This is before they touch. Yep. Quite frankly, many in the crowd chanting for Hogan. A mixed reaction here at WrestleMania. Put the loudest mixed reaction you may ever hear. They're just looking at each other. I can tell you, we were talking to The Rock earlier today. He was a big Hulkamaniac as a young man. And Rock and Hogan smartly switched up every second of that. Every second. And Jim Ross. On March 17, 2002. You can circle that date on your calendar. See, you hear the crowd go down a little bit. Now they're back up. Jim Ross murdered that, bro. Yeah, it is. So good.
They're going crazy just for him shoving the rock down. And him posing. That's the stuff, man. <laughs> Draw the line on the mat. Love it. And then you hear the opposite when the opposite happens, which is just fantastic. Such chance, such chance. I did not expect that. This Me neither. A loop when I was a kid. What is happening? Yeah. Hulk Hogan's a bad guy. Yeah, he was red and yellow guy at some point, but no, no, no. Look, Hogan again. The crowd going nuts. And that's the stadium in the sounds that loud. Yeah. You got it. Found is traveling up. Well, it doesn't seem so mixed right now to me. Oh. It over, flips <laughs> it back, bro. That was cold. How you walk out with your hand out to his face that and then didn't flip it over? That was great. <laughs> that was cold, bro. Now, what a start to the match. That's magic, oh. and that's the beauty of pro wrestling. Oh, it's so good. And that's why can't we it's get that happy. now? <laughs> All the moves and all the action. If p two people are over, they're with you no matter what you do. They just looked, had a staring contest for like 30 seconds. People were like, <laughs> yes! Just looking at each other. Crazy. They did what? A shoulder block and a tackle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like or like a, a clothesline. And Hogan flexed his muscles and The Rock flipped his hand around. And people were throwing babies in the air. Was yeah, but that's, a, that's the point. In the, the, the match, <laughs> not punting babies, just throwing them. Ah. But they're catching them on the way down. You know what I'm saying? They don't hit the <laughs> gotcha. But the hard work was done before the match. Right. Talking people into the building, getting people invested in, in these two people. Obviously, people were invested in Hogan and The Rock anyways, Hogan and The Rock. 
But that hard work was done years, over years. The match on this night was the easy part. <laughs> like, they're already over. They didn't do anything special in this match. They were just there, and they fought each other a little bit, and then the match was over. <laughs> like, <laughs> but the people were going crazy the whole match. They didn't do 16 kickouts. They didn't do uh, some dives and some interference and disqualifications and dusty finishes or, uh, you know, nothing like that. Imagine the dives to the outside by these guys if they were to try that. Right. <laughs> but they had none of that. They didn't do a million. They did a couple finishes. But, like. It wasn't overbooked. It wasn't an overbooked mess, right. you know. That's that's the thing. Like, you can. you can, And it's both ways. It's not just the action. It's also the, the booking. It's the decision making. Like, with WWE, they would. Have some interference. They try to have a personal issues. Somebody's kid is involved, or somebody's ex girlfriend is involved, <laughs> and all this nonsense around it. Or if you can knock AEW, oh, they just worry about the flippity flips and not about the story as much. Even though the stories are good and the matches are good, I'm saying. But the point is, the wrestling business has kind of forgotten. Like, yo, it's not just that part; it's also everything before that. You get these people over. They got to be over. That's the most important part of it. That's the hard part. The easy part, once you... Like, like we talked about with Sting and Hogan, uh, Starcade 97, and there's other matches, too. We've talked about this. Like, yeah. the hard stuff was done before they got to the ring. Once they get to the ring, it's over. It's, it's done. It's already been laid out for you. Just like, like, like Sting and Hogan, specifically. They did this whole thing over a course of a year, telling the story and making it and keeping it interesting for a year. You know how incredibly difficult that is? That's super hard. But they've had matches already. Like Sting and Hogan knew how to wrestle. They could do that in their sleep. So the work was getting to that point. Yeah. <laughs> and once you got there, it's icing on the cake, baby. And then WCW fumbled that <laughs> real bad. <laughs> right? Messed that all up. But that's, but that's what this wrestling is all about. That's to me it's all about. The match is the easy part. If you're if you're a booker at least or a promoter or whatever, you don't have to win them over with the match. You want to deliver a good product, obviously. And these days, a good product requires you to do a lot of aerial moves or have a fast-paced match that people want to see. But you got to do the work also before that, man. People are saying you got good matches is the way to get people invested in wrestling again. On a, on a wider level. It's got to be the people involved, bro. It's got to be the characters. I got to have a reason to watch this guy. I can watch people get beat up in UFC. <laughs> you know, like I can watch real fights. I don't need, I can see people do aerial exploits in action movies. You know what I'm saying? But, when, but wrestling, you got to bring them both together. And that's what people get into it on a wider level. Otherwise, we're just serving the audience you already got. That ain't going nowhere. And this match is a prime example. Well, yeah, they might. I don't know. They get up there. But you got to, man, you got to, the work you got to put in beforehand, bro. Mm -hmm. And this match is a prime example. They didn't do nothing special in this match. Hogan did a rake across the back. (laughs) And mind you, this ain't like 
this is nine, this is 2002, man. Like people like they they've seen the cruiserweights. They have seen great wrestling. Yeah. It's not like it's just leg drops and clotheslines. Like they've seen people flying around. Jeff Hardy is on the show. <laughs> they've seen TLC matches. They've seen Hell in a Cell matches. They've seen street fights. Like it's not like they haven't seen any crazy stuff happen. They've seen it. And you still got you even in 2002, you had to bring it in the ring. You had to be nice. Especially we got Jericho, Benoit, Booker T, Guerrero, all these guys. Like Guerrero is in the company, but he's gonna come back at some point. <laughs> Rob Van Dam, all these guys can go. Right? Hogan wasn't on that level in the ring, but I'd be damned if he wasn't over <laughs> more than everybody else. So that's I'm I'm done. I'm done ranting. It's just it just it's just so important, I think. Cause that's what makes this match special. And right. I, th- I think you hit a great point where this isn't, uh, you know, we're it's 2002, so we've seen almost a new age of wrestling already uh, when it comes right. to not only, like, high-risk maneuvers, stuff like that, but, you know, the cruiserweights and, you know, flying around, the aerial maneuvers and stuff. And none, Rock or Hogan cannot, literally, probably cannot physically do that. And they're getting the biggest reactions because like you said, everything was laid out and yeah, it's not the crowd, you know, they might've been in the perfect spot too. I don't know if they would have gotten the same reaction say in Houston, but I mean, they would have gotten a great reaction. I know that. So, uh, you know, I I think this crowd is the, I've, I've said it before crowds really enhance or diminish my enjoyment of a match. And this is clearly a match where the crowd enhanced it. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't uh, just because... I mean, like, yeah, Hulk Hogan's first WWE match in what? Nine years? Because his last one was in 93, so... 93, yeah. You know, it's also a big moment being at WrestleMania and The Rock, you know? So everything literally, like, the stars aligned on this night for this match. Yeah, yeah, it really did, man. One of my favorite matches of all time. Um, the best moment of the match for me is when The Rock hits the first rock bottom. And he goes <laughs> for a pin. And Hulk Hogan quickly kicks out and hulks up. And it's a first... He, he never hulked up as Hollywood Hogan, right? He did... Uh... When remember they did the they brought back the wolf pack the finger poke of doom and everything and oh, then, yeah 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 he had that feud with Flair afterwards and it was it was almost like you know a double turn where Hogan became babyface again and that was like he did it as Hollywood Hogan but before he eventually returned to the red and yellow in '99 and WCW oh, so yeah, there was a slight part of it but this was like a lot more like Look, yeah obviously. the first time he had done it in WWF. And almost a decade, for damn sure. And he hawks up, man. And those fans just lose it. I mean, they absolutely lose it. They, uh, needless to say, uh, I mean, we can let this speak for itself. That's the first one. They're losing their minds. Jim Ross, perfect call. 
I thought it was over. <laughs> Firing in all cylinders. Crowd. Rock and Hogan. Jim Ross. Terry Lawrence. My God. Amazing. Yeah. Don't always want to give Lawler credit, but he adds to this. Yeah. He's just screaming. And the crowd's Hands on his thighs. We've seen this before. Man, that was a thunderous rock bottom. They hate him. Yeah, but don't worry. Hogan kicked out of that last rock bottom. Can he do it again? Can he do it again? Wait. There's no cover. Rock not going for the cover here. What's up with that team? Now it's time for the most electrifying move. And now everyone's like cheering because <laughs> they want his elbow pad. I'll be quiet. I'll be all right. They don't love me again. Absolutely incredible. When you hear their announcers go, my God. Yeah. They're like, they're spent. They like, roller coaster of emotions that that match was. That's the first time I really experienced that as a wrestling fan. We kind of experienced this over the various points, like Undertaker matches are like that sometimes, right? The match he had with Triple H at WrestleMania 28 was like, after that match, it was like, damn. Like, that was so much. Or like, uh, his match with CM Punk was kind of the same feeling. It was you know, different matches over the years. The match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25 was damn sure. It was like, whoo, man, that was a that was a ride. <laughs> this match was the first time I had that feeling. Mm. And it's just like, whoa. And it's just like, that was, that was incredible. And then, like you said, Lawler and Ross, impeccable with these calls. The moment when Hogan points, Lawler goes, whoa. And yeah. Jim Ross goes, "Oh my god!" Yeah, like, that was unbelievable timing by Jr. It just perfectly everything together just perfectly encapsulated how everyone was feeling in that moment when that when Hogan points, everybody is legit going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, and, and like it was believable, even if you heard Jim Ross through the years talk shit on Hulk Hogan because he was too old and just. Right. That oh my god! Like he doesn't believe what he's seeing. Exactly, like, it comes Lawler through screams. to you. Lawler screams, and Jim Ross can't believe his eyes. Amazing! It's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> like, really captivating. Absolutely captivating. Like I sound like I sound like a movie critic, enthralling, <laughs> yeah. quarter force, two thumbs up, two thumbs up, five stars. <laughs> All right. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a heavy hitter come Oscar season, okay. Good lord, taking everybody on that roller coaster ride like that. What's 
The ultimate, the ultimate thrill ride. Wrong with y'all, man. That was weird. Oh my god, let's not go there. <laughs> let's not go there. After the match, the fans are applauding both guys because they deserve it. You know, we don't like to give Hogan a lot of credit on here, but we got to give him credit. You deserve it. You deserve it. That match was a banger. It took. How about that? No stupid chance during the match either. Fight right. forever. Oh my god, right? They were just into the match, right? <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But they're applauding both fan the both men and if they took them on a ride that we didn't even know was possible at this point. I, I like I said, for me, I didn't know this was possible to have a moment like that. And it then of course it's with the Rock and Hogan, it was just it was a lot going on. But this is when WWF realized that they had money and not only Hulk Hogan going back in the red and yellow, because clearly we got to put him back in the red and yellow after this. <laughs> Hulkamania is still alive, apparently. So not only did they realize they had money in that, but of course, like I said earlier, they realized they had money in good old nostalgia. They're running out of this nostalgia stuff soon, though. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Steve Austin yeah. coming back is pretty cool. But what's the last big white whale then if you get Steve Austin back involved in something major? I, the Rock. And well, we've already seen that. So does it become a special? Right. Probably not. But does he come back to do the favors to Roman? Like what he did with Cena? It's like also kind of already done that too. But at least these guys are related. Who's the real head of the table? Yeah. I can I could dig that. I mean, at least that's a interesting story. Right. I can dig that. However, after that, let's say it happens next year in Hollywood. What's next? <laughs> like, that's it. It's got to be it. We're done. We got to move on unless yeah. Triple H comes back. And even then, mm. we've seen him do this over and over again. I want to see him back just to know he's still, like, here. Like, is he okay? Like, yeah. I would like a welfare check on this man. Give us a sign. Something. But as far as a WrestleMania match or something like that, no, nah, I'm good. No, nah, nah. no. I just want to know, yeah. is, he, is he breathing? He's good? He in good spirits? All right. I'm good. That's all. That's all I want. This was magic, though. This this, this hasn't yeah. honestly been matched. I mean, no. Cena and The Rock came close, but this was this was hard to top, man. Like, I think they believe Cena and The Rock would have surpassed this, but it, it just hasn't. Nothing I mean, has surpassed Hogan Rock right now in terms of everything as, going into it. As far as and box office, Cena and Rock probably did surpass it. I'm sure they probably well, made more money. They main evented the show. They built the whole show a year in advance around this so match. Different. It's so different. You know, right, than, it is different. It was, so but from a quality to, standpoint, yeah. and just from watching it, you just watch it back. You don't even have to be there. Yeah, just watch it. This was better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it just is what it is. Uh, the Rock and Hogan, out of a sign of mutual respect, they shake hands after the match. But Hall and Nash, they don't like this. Mm-mm. What the heck? And they came down, ran down to the ring, and attacked Hulk Hogan. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Hey, wait a minute. Look at this now. Being a bad guy again. 
Now wait a minute. Double teaming Hollywood Hogan. What is this all about? Because he didn't win the match. What's wrong with these guys? Hogan had to know if he could do it on his own. Hey, and it comes the rock. Uh oh. And the rock now is defending Hogan. The rock trying to fight. Hey, Hogan is out. Hogan and the rock. Fighting Hogan there. Oh man. Do mega powers. <laughs> Can you imagine if they put them together as a tag team after this? So after that, as my dog barks very loudly in the background, <laughs> after that. Hogan is about to leave. He's pulling the Rikishi. He's like, all right, I'm getting on out of here now. <laughs> Go on, hit the road. My ribs hurt. I'm old. Let's get on out of here. Stone Cold's in front of me. Uh, who cares? <laughs> I'm getting out. Time to get out of here. And The Rock is like, no, 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 no. Don't leave yet. Then he pulls out some shades, right? <laughs> <laughs> Puts them on Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan changes very suddenly. No. He does tell him to get back in the ring. Fact check. <laughs> right. Took a page out of Two Cools book. Maybe Rikishi told him, like, yo, we do this thing with, with me and Grandmaster Sexay and, and, and Scotty Duhati. We do you can do the thing at WrestleMania. <laughs> you know, you you and Hogan in the ring, we'll come out. We <laughs> 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 one big dance celebration. And then, you know, obviously comes WrestleMania's like, no, we, we didn't make the cut. Oh, well, why not? <laughs> Oh, you know, we just got trim time, you know, trim it up a little bit. <laughs> you know, no hard feelings, guys. Just running a little long with the show. <laughs> but instead, in reality, Rock grabs Hogan and says, hey, man, come back in here and pose for the folks because Hogan must pose. Just like the good old days. You can't just leave <laughs> here with people liking you and you don't pose. <laughs> And Hogan indeed gets this pose on, you know, ah, yeah, Hulk Hogan here. He does the ear stuff. You got you know, you know, cup his ear, right? With the Rock weirdly kind of behind him, like looking, looking at him, making sure he does it right. Yeah, I thought he was gonna attack him at like, first. You know? like his face, he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> right? It's like, why you look at him like that? Like, do it right. Make sure. Oh, yeah, flex the arm now. Yeah, all right, there it is. All right, that's it. <laughs> you know, the fans are going crazy. And Rock and Hogan leave together in a touching moment in 2002. So, but yes, the match itself, everything around it. Yeah, I classic. think uh, what Hogan broke a rib, and then as they uh, walked up the aisle together, they, Hogan holds the Rock's hand up high, and it's funny. The Rock is like selling, like, "Oh my God, what a moment for me!" He's like looking at the ground, like just soaking it all in. Like, great moment for him. Yeah. Yeah, if I were to interview The Rock, I would have asked him what he was thinking at that moment. It was like a genuine moment for him or something. Yeah. So, what's running through your mind here, Rocky? What's going on? What am I going to have for dinner? <laughs> Get some poutine up in Canada? <laughs> Maybe that's part of it. But we move on to a look at WWF New York, where Big Show is hanging out at. Yeah. Not on the show. So, the big show was not on the big show. No, not at all. 
WWF just didn't have any plans for him, I guess. Creative had no plans for him. So off to WWF New York. <laughs> they were like, you know what? Don't even come to Toronto. Right. Stay in America. Stay in That's the United rough, States. That's rough. You were part of the you were part of the company. You're not even in the same mm. city. <laughs> like Yikes. That's a that's that's probably rough. Yeah. He bounced back fortunately. He did. But that's still like that had to be hurt the shot to the ego, right? Like you were just there like last year. He was in the main yeah. event. Well not last year, 26, 22,000, I should say. Two years prior he's in the main event. Yeah. The next year he's in the hardcore title match, and all of a sudden you're not even in the same city. Like, all right, we're regressing. <laughs> <laughs> this is called a regression. Main it's not event, like he could go back to WCW either. Right. Main event, hardcore title, not even in the same country as the show. Man, I'm taking steps back here. Mm. <laughs> like, needs to be a reevaluation of my status in this company. <laughs> because what's next? Am I out the door? Like, am I fired? That's crazy. But move on from that to Howard Finkel who is announcing the attendance for tonight's show. Ladies and gentlemen, our proud Canadian sponsor, Pizza Pizza, is pleased to announce <laughs> that WrestleMania 18 I love the way he says this number. Why do you sound so like creepy about it? I don't know. Sixty-eight thousand. <laughs> right. Relax. Maybe he's, maybe he's trying out a new cadence or something. New, uh, <laughs> and he used WrestleMania for that. I don't know. Yes, so. But that Skydome record, as far as I could tell, still stands. Wow. Sixty-eight thousand two three seven. So, yeah, no Great Cups or anything like that has surpassed that number. Great Cups. I think four great cups is probably like fifty seven thousand. Stadium's not that like doesn't have a ton of seats. You would think like a stadium like that would have like seventy thousand, you know, something like that, but no. Sixty eight thousand with the floor seats, so there you go. Uh <laughs> I was for the next match, we're gonna get a women's championship match. Huh. WWF women's championship match between Jazz defending against Trish Stratus and Lita. And I love that <laughs> it's got a little WWF giving a rock song to a woman from New Orleans named Jazz. <laughs> she eventually got a like sort of jazzy song, but like this song didn't say New Orleans or Jazz. <laughs> but yet that was her song. But Jazz criminally underrated, I should add. Yeah. She's a women's champion yeah. at WrestleMania. It's a big deal. It is. Against Trish and Lita, but yet, you know, she was she's not in the Hall of Fame. Hmm. You know. I think Jazz, when you talk about women of this era, talk about Trish Lita and probably even Victoria and Molly and stuff like that. Ivory, Jacqueline. Somehow Jazz doesn't get thrown into that conversation. I don't know why. Guess she wasn't there long enough, quote unquote. But I mean, I knew yeah. her from ECW. Like, 
So I don't know why she doesn't get the command that respect. She doesn't get that connection either. I forget, mm-hmm. I forget about that. She's an ECW. I don't know. I just feel like she should get more recognition than what she's gotten. She hasn't gotten that much for some reason. It's just, and she was like a dominant force for like a little bit yeah. there. But like you said, she wasn't there for that long. So I guess that's part of it. But we did, yeah, neither was power. Goldberg. So when he comes back and <laughs> does whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trish Stratus comes out in Canadian themed attire because she is from Canada. So that was pretty cool. What wasn't cool though. It's just hearing Jim or Jerry Lawler, I should say. Almost said Jim Lawler that time. <laughs> Jerry Ross and Jim Lawler. <laughs> right. But hearing King, I should say, just gawk over these women the entire match. Yeah. But this is a championship match, bro. Like, this is a serious championship match at the biggest show of the year. It's very weird to hear it. Like, show them some respect because they're actually working their asses off in there. Like, if it's a Brian Panties match, I get it. Like, <laughs> that's what this match is about. It's about, you know, TNA. But what does Impact have to do with this? Not Total non-step action. <laughs> <laughs> However, this is not a Brian Panties match. This no. is a serious championship match at WrestleMania. You wouldn't call the Undisputed title match that way. So why are we doing it with the Women's Championship match? So... <laughs> That's how I felt about that. Mm-hmm. However, the match goes on and it ends when Jazz hits a fisherman suplex from the top rope. And I thought this match was actually really good for what it was. It wasn't very long. It was in a bad spot, which everything after this after the Hogan and Rock match was a bad spot. <laughs> yeah. But I think they got a lot out of this match. And a lot out of their time. And by far the worst part was Jerry Lawler on commentary. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I'll never clip uh, some of his stuff unless it's like egregiously bad. I mean, I guess a lot of it's egregiously bad, but I don't want to give uh, you know his quips any time on this podcast. So no, I just stay away from him. Especially the sexist and yeah. misogynistic ones. It's like, bro, this is a women's championship match. This is. The only women's match on the show, but the top women's match in your promotion. We need to show it some respect. Jesus. I mean, Trish and Lita are still like, in this point, they're the most popular women's wrestlers. And you have Jazz, who is the champion. So right, how do they not command respect is what I want to know. Like, They're, they're ladies. So we're going to talk yeah. about puppies yeah. doing a women's championship match. Come on. Time and place. Time and place. Moving on, we are backstage again. A lot of backstage segments on the show, mainly because <laughs> of the Hardcore Championship, which is now being held by Christian, yeah. who is attempting to do the smart thing and leave the building, which <laughs> nobody else did for some reason. But he's got a taxi, he's got his clothes on, he's like, yeah. I'm out of here. But Christian takes a little too long in celebrating and, and, and gloating. And as he's about to get into the taxi, he gets rolled up by Maven <laughs> and pinned for the Hardcore Championship. Maven wins it back after losing it earlier in the show. He also hops into the cab, and the cab driver just speeds off. Like, that's not the person who <laughs> called that cab. You don't know where this person needs to go. 
Why? Where are you going? Christian called that cat. Why are you just letting random guy hop in and <laughs> on out of there? What? Right? With Christian stuff in it too. Christian stuff yeah. put his stuff in the trunk. He did. Now he out here with no draws except the ones <laughs> he got on, and, and no hardcore title. Asked out in Canada. I guess he's from Canada, so that helps. But like, come on, bro. Well, remember, he's from Tampa now, so oh, yeah. Canada exactly. turned his back on him. That's true. He's gonna try That's and true. you know get a place to sleep for that night. He, he's got no luck. <laughs> <laughs> And Airbnb didn't exist back then. So rough night for Christian, man. Yeah. But we move on. It's now time for the main event of the evening. We already talked about the main event. Oh, okay. Was Let's that? say we already talked about the main event, but I oh, forgot well, that yeah. wasn't the main event. This is the last <laughs> match on the show. We'll call it that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the main event. It is for the WWF Undisputed Championship. It is Chris Jericho defending against Triple H, who is being played down to the ring by Drowning Pool, as I mentioned earlier. However, Chris Jericho, for one, he's in tremendous shape again. I don't know if you've seen him recently. Yeah, yeah kudos. Great shape again. It you know last year at this time or a little a little earlier, people was. Especially NBA Twitter had a uh, yeah. had a field day making fun of Chris Jericho. So kudos to him for getting back in good shape. But he is the undisputed champion. He's the first ever in history undisputed champion. First man to hold the, and the WCW and the WWF titles at the same time. He's got both belts on his shoulders. He's also the only person to do that. They, <laughs> Triple H wins it and he gets one yeah, belt yeah. immediately. He's like, I can't carry two belts, brother. One belt right away. So, wait, Triple, you're Triple H though. No, I'm not, Meanwhile, brother. Jericho was walking around with two belts for like four months. <laughs> Which, However, by the way, as an aside, I hated that double TNT title that AEW had going. So finally, Scorpio Sky won it. He said he was going to only carry one title now. It lo- it was the dumbest thing AEW well, has done. There was an interim existence. champion, right? Yeah, but so they don't need two belts. Well, once that was decided, once the undisputed champion was decided, you don't need two belts. That's fair. That's you it. Need two belts. That's it. That's true. I agree. However, Jericho, <laughs> undisputed champion. History was made when he won that. Oh. You ever hear the story about the night he, the night he had after winning that championship? So the Monday night after? No, like Sunday night. Oh, uh, no. So he's told the story on his podcast and like some of his live shows where apparently he goes back to the hotel and it's 11.55. Gets to the hotel. Oh, for one, he says when he got backstage, nobody was there. Because <laughs> uh-huh. when you're in the main event, everybody leaves. <laughs> so he, he wins. It's like, yay, and there's confetti and fireworks. Nobody's there to celebrate with him. It's just him. It's that everybody was gone. And then he goes backstage, showers up, gets to his hotel. It's 11.55. He goes in to check into the hotel and he wants to get something to eat from the hotel kitchen and like, nope, everything closed, you know, at everything closes at twelve. He's like, Well, it's eleven fifty five. He's like, Well, they stopped serving at eleven thirty. It's like, okay. <laughs> gets his room. He gets a menu to order some pizza, right? Gets in his room. He orders the pizza. Or well, he sets the two belts down, you know, he got the two belts in his room. 
orders the pizza. The pizza comes. Goes downstairs to get the pizza, right? Gets the pizza. Because at first he's like, well, can it deliver it to my room? And he's like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> Goes downstairs to get the pizza. He gets the pizza. However, he locks himself out of the room. <laughs> he has to go back downstairs to the same person who told him, hey, you can't get the food. You got to order the pizza. Goes to this person. like, hey, I locked myself out. Guy's like, I need ID. He's like, well, I just did all this stuff with you. Well, well, I need ID. He's like, well, it's in the room. (laughs) That's where all my stuff is. Jericho takes the guy to the room. The guy opens the door and looks in. He's like, all right, what's in here that, you know, that will belong to you? Like, that's yours or whatever. He's like, bro, there's two big-ass world championships on the bed. (laughs) Like, that's how you know it's me. (laughs) Right? Gets in the room. And... As he's taking his shoes off, he gets the pizza on the bed, takes his shoes off. In the midst of that, he knocks the pizza on the floor. <laughs> and he said he still ate that pizza anyway. Hell yeah. But it's like, uh, that's my first night as Undisputed Champ. It wasn't, you know, a big ass party with women. It was dusty pizza in a hotel room in San Diego <laughs> or Anaheim, I think it was, whatever. Either way. What a life. <laughs> what a time. You threw a party for him, huh? Oh, he had to get hit, hit the next town, man. Raw was the next night. Something tells me if that was somebody else, there would have been something going on. I mean, maybe, town. but on this night, is Chris Jericho. Sorry, we got Monday Night Raw tomorrow night, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. That's what happened. That's according to Jericho. That's what happened. So he was very tired after winning the Undisputed title, and they had a rough night. You know who else is tired? The crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were spent by the time this match rolled around. Uh and the match was the match was the match. But the fans were just done. Like Yeah, they, they tried too much match in this that, match. They did a lot in this match. They had a lot of action. They had some interference. Triple H pedigreed his soon to be K Fabe ex wife. <laughs> like a real baby face. <laughs> And then that was it. And Triple H wins the title. And he's a new undisputed champion. But his, this match could have benefited from a great crowd. <laughs> but they weren't there yeah. for it because they had seen better already. There's nothing Jericho and Triple H are going to do to top it. Nah, too much Stephanie to uh, Earl Hebner being a terrible referee, threatening to throw <laughs> her out, but never throwing her out because he sucks. Never. So. That's why she still she kept getting involved, and it was just annoying. So yeah, a lot of annoyingness. And, and another thing, my girlfriend noted out noted it was just like, you know, why is it that in this story it's like cathartic for the guy to beat up his wife? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, not great in hindsight. Nope. nope. But he was like the good guy. He got one back, you know, because she was the evil one, and the only way he can get one back was, uh. Pedigreeing his wife. Also, the, the the Jeff Hardy spot when the, in the tag team match with Stacey Keebler, he kisses her and slaps her on the butt. Hmm. Also, didn't go over well with, with, with the with the girlfriend. So, <laughs> yeah, don't blame you know. her. So, two things happened to Stacey Keebler on the show that probably wouldn't be uncom- wouldn't be comfortable with in these days. But yeah, that was the it's main so event weird. of WrestleMania 18, or the last match of WrestleMania 18, not the main event. 
I'm going to talk about uh, how out of it the crowd was and just listen to that. They are trying. The crowd was loud, but they were still stuck. <laughs> Jim Ross is trying, bro. He's giving it his all. Jim Ross gave it his all, bro, yeah, he but did. he just wasn't there. He did. That happened to the Triple H twice, by the way. <laughs> where he is in the main event, he's in the last match for the championship that he is going to win. And a match underneath of it on the card destroys. And he comes out to crickets. Yeah. <laughs> like, it happened tonight at WrestleMania 18. And it happened again at WrestleMania 25 <laughs> in 2009 where... Oh, yeah. Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker went out and just killed, right? My favorite, personal favorite WrestleMania match of all time. I could be swayed into other ones. But then he goes on last with Orton, and it's like, oh. And then he wins, and he's like, yeah, I'm the champion. And the people are like, all right, what, what's near his exit? <laughs> yeah. So what about that Shawn Michaels-Undertaker match? Bro, that was crazy. Triple H champ? Oh, yeah, whatever. But Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, whoo. Uh, two, things, so bad for Triple H. two things he's stand like, out to me like about that. It's like trying to make up for that over the years with these long-ass <laughs> matches at WrestleMania. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. But go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was going to say, two things uh, stand out to me about that particular WrestleMania. The blue ropes and uh, Triple H and Randy Orton, they were the main event, right? Yes. Now, Triple H was on Raw, SmackDown and Orton was on Raw. And then the other title match, they had like a Raw and SmackDown. So it was like convoluted that year. I didn't like it. They didn't. They stopped, so, uh, they stopped caring about the brand extension. That yeah. About, so it's like called. Triple H and Orton was cool because it was like evolution and stuff. And I think it was their first big singles match, obviously, at WrestleMania. Um, I, I mean, I don't count when Orton uh, was turned on. By evolution, and then they had a match of like Royal Rumble, like that was late or Unforgiven or whatever, and then Royal Rumble. But uh, their first big WrestleMania match was kind of like, ugh. so yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe Triple H is trying to make up for for all these uh, big match times in uh, his WrestleMania matches through the years. Yeah, yeah, but that is WrestleMania. And he held the title for one month. Yep. All that for one month. All of that, all of that buildup, all of this pop of circumstance for one month to lose it to red and yellow Hulk Hogan in 2002. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I know Triple H is probably sick about this. Like, I got to do what? This is like my baby face run, bro. You want me to do what? Really? I Come literally on. just came back. <laughs> he just came. But like, it's Hogan. Like, he's not even like that. I was loyal to WWF the whole time. <laughs> Vince goes, so? <laughs> and your point? <laughs> he made more money. <laughs> yeah. He's a champion right now. 
I'll just don't worry. I'll create a whole new belt for you. Don't worry. <laughs> I got you. I owe you one. I owe you one. So, yes. Oh, Any man. final thoughts before we wrap it up here on episode three twenty one? This might be our longest Steve dive ever. Um, That's crazy to think about. I know. It's pretty long. I know. We got to give Rock and Hogan the respect it deserved. So, uh, you won't hear a better analysis than right here on Scott the Street Hall. Shooters. Yeah, we talked about Scott Hall at the beginning we of did the episode as too. well. Yes. So, rest in peace to Scott Hall. Um, and WrestleMania X8 was, uh, okay. <laughs> Rocket Hogan, still the big winner. I didn't appreciate that match in real time. Uh, you know, I, didn't, I was very confused why the crowd was turning on The Rock. I didn't think at that time that Vince was really going to run with Hogan as like a nostalgia act. I just thought he was here to just be here. I didn't think they were, I was like, they're not going to make Hogan champion. And lo and behold, uh, you know, made a liar out of me. So, uh, that was, this was just the beginning of it and I was surprised by it. And, uh, you know, I, I was in my like weird, I wasn't taking a sabbatical from wrestling, but I was kind of like not plugged in as much as I was in previous years, uh, this specific year. And into 2003, but uh, you know, once Hogan won the title, I was kind of like in and out, you know. And then the Undertaker beat him, and then dropped it back to The Rock, dropped it to Lesnar, and I thought it was all a big mess. So I stayed away from watching it. I missed a lot of great stuff, though. So I'm glad, like you know, to go back and watch some of the 2002 stuff, 2003 stuff that I missed. Uh, and obviously, I appreciate The Rock Hogan more now. And other than, uh, I mean, anything else that happened on the show, second rate, really. Yeah, this this was a that's an okay show. <laughs> it was alright. I mean, it was just like after seventeen was so incredible. This had a lot to live up to, and it didn't really come close. Outside of Rock and Hogan, I give it that. Yeah. But, Which is interesting. I still wonder if their plan was Austin Hogan the next year, and obviously uh, they yeah. didn't do that. So, but everything about this show outside of Rock and Hogan was pretty mid. Like the stage, the logo was not even mid; it was bad, <laughs> and the show was pretty mid. The main not, event very mid. If uh, they did do Austin Hogan, and that crowd reacted the same way what do you think austin's reaction would have been to, the to heal it up like the rock did you think so i think he would do the same exact thing the rock did mm-hmm. he would have healed it up austin likes being a heel he yeah but like it's so anyway. unexpected in a way i didn't expect that even going into no it, so but i think he's a pro and he would have just been a heel it would have been really cool to see though it what he would have done and we know unfortunately we're not going to get that but no I mean, I don't want to see it 20 years later than even back then, which probably would have been a few years too late. But I think The Rock, I think it wound up being, I think The Rock wound up being the perfect opponent that year for Hulk Hogan, which is something I wouldn't have thought about no before until like we actually deep dive and go through it and the timeline of everything happening at the time. Yeah, a lot was going on around this show. And, uh, like we said earlier, the name change and the brand extension coming. Hulk Hogan's back. The NWO is in WWF. Like, yeah. And Austin went home after this. <laughs> he went home, took his ball, and went home. Right. The Rock leaves in August. Brock Lesnar shows up the next day. Like, 
we talked about it earlier, but a whole lot was going on in 2002. Definitely a time of transition for like, like I, like I said, 17 was the height of one era, 19 for like, you know, a new, a different era. 2002 was kind of like a bridge from one era to another. Yeah. It went from a bridge from the Attitude Era to the entertainment time of WWE. So, yeah. yeah. That's kind of how I feel about WrestleMania 18. <laughs> a bridge from one dope show to another. But all of our shows are dope, so you don't have to worry about any bridges here. <laughs> but it's time to wrap this dope show up. So, Nick... Take us out with some plugs, please. Follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter. Follow me at underscore Pacoan on Twitter. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Shooters Radio. You can check out PhillyInfluencer.com and FoxPHLGambler.com where our podcast will hopefully, uh, you know, you can find the link sooner or later. Uh, Not official yet, but you will be able to find the Straight Shooters podcast at FoxPHLGambler.com soon. So stay tuned. I am at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. You can't find me there. You can probably find me out here in these streets. It's beautiful today here in Philly. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we keep these up yeah. uh, in the next couple of days. These nice, beautiful days. It's but, too hot. Yeah, you can find me out. <laughs> too hot. Okay. <laughs> but you can find me there in the streets sometimes. You also find my professional tweets at Eagles. Find my writing at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. You can find us at Patreon. Patreon.com slash radio. Sign up for a deep dive. Request one, and if you, if we, you know, put one in, we will fulfill it, and we'll give you a cameo on the show to talk about the content that we're diving into. Doesn't just have to be a pay per view. Doesn't have to be a wrestling show. It can be a movie. It could be Vader on Boy Meets World, which has got brought back in the mainstream consciousness because Vader's going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Also going into the WWE Hall of Fame is Queen Charmel. Congratulations to the Queen. Charmel. I'm the Queen! Earlier. <laughs> <laughs> You're the Queen! <laughs> so, but yes. With all of that said, patreon.com slash shooters radio. Until next time, for Nick McCone, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 321 of The Straight Shooters, and we'll catch y'all again next week. It's- WrestleMania!